43rd episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, we are just a handful and a, and a smidge more away from 250 episodes. It is the Fake Nerd Podcast, and we are here to discuss The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Is, um, it, is it called The Conjuring 3? No, it's called okay, The I'm Conjuring, just, The Devil Made Me Do I'm It. I'm just making sure. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Because the devil made him not put a three in there. Good. You got to keep that quality level up for those numbers. Quality level. That's something we'll discuss later. <laughs> I'm Sparks Witty, uh, and I'm joined, of course, with Ryan Eliopoulos. It's me. I'm also here. And, of course, Ben Magnet. Devil made me do nothing. And, yep. and Brandon T. McClure. Hello. 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 Uh, how are you guys doing? We are one week away from being five years old. Ooh, we are. Oh, yes, we are. We're walking, we're talking, we're getting there. Still wearing diapers, maybe? I don't know how babies work. Yeah, neither do I, honestly. Angelica's supposed to be three in the Rugrats, and I don't get how. From one to four, I'm just like, yeah, you're Angel- all. Yeah, like, Angelica's supposed to be three, Chucky's supposed to be two, and then Tommy and everyone else is like, what, one or Jelko, something? with the blonde hair, is supposed to be three? Yeah. yeah. That's why she can talk to her parents. she was like seven. <laughs> Not really. Then how can... Nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, we do have links below, if I may. What about... Sure. I can't make, keep making this Zelda jump. Never mind. Forgive me. We, we have we have only a couple. We didn't do a lot this week. Uh, we But we did do one cool thing that makes up for all of it. Um, that's not below, though. Ryan, not you have two downright annoyeds. Two? The one from last week it went up after our recording because we did this so early last week. Oh, my God. That's right. That's right. That's the morning one. Literally the opposite of today. I love it. So both of those are up uh, the, the, the below. Do you want to talk about them? Was the last one Mad Max? Boy, that's a good question. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was. I'm sure it was great. This one we did was Wally, and you guys, I haven't watched Wally in at least a decade. Like I definitely haven't watched it in at least five years. Um, that's that might that might be my favorite Pixar movie. It's a really good one. Um, I forgot that like half the movie is just like this silent like like comedy act between these two people just like figuring each other out and i'm like I'm like i just wish the whole movie was like that like the human stuff's amazing and great and like i love that that wally is the humanity that that rejuvenizes uh, the humanity that the people are lacking and like all the robots become better because of wally and all the people become better because of wally and i'm like and you love space movies and i love space movies and it looks so good and, even, and i forgot it came out in 2008 and like that's not like it's like that far, but that long ago but like that movie holds up and it looks incredible um and I forgot Fred Willard's in it. Uh, it's like a real person. I forget real right. people are in this movie sometimes. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. Um, Wally's amazing. It was that's Dread, it. by the way. Dread! Dread's great! Oh, yeah! Oh. That's also like what I did this week. So yeah. I'm glad I have to talk a lot about Wally. <laughs> um, so, so Dread, uh, Wally, um, I was on Kaiju Weekly. Um, the episode of Kaiju Weekly was up where I got to talk about Pacific Rim, uh, one of my all-time faves. Um, it was really great to just talk about that movie and i kind of came to the realization because of the way kaiju weekly is formatted um of like you know what did you, did you not like about it i was like you know if i have to in like a setting like a podcast setting i yeah. can critique this movie oh, sure. I'd, I'd really rather not because so much of that movie is working for me that it's just yeah. like why should i just talk about the little things that i didn't like when i could talk about the big things that i love um, I really like that movie. It was a lot of fun talking to people at Kaiju Weekly. Uh, Travis and Michael, they're great. Um, there are now three episodes that we have shown up on in Kaiju Weekly, so definitely check those guys out. 
Uh, those episodes have all been linked uh, below before. You can check them Ooh. out on this feed. I highly recommend go just subscribe to that guy's channel. They're great. Speaking of Kaiju, I also have a link link below for Conversation. My latest episode of Conversation is up where I talk to Robert L. Kelly from the Record All Monsters podcast. Uh, that was a lot of fun. He was a really cool guy to talk to. Um, he's the first person I talked to in the Kaiju uh, fandom. Um, I will have more soon. Um, but yeah, that was fun. We also got to play a bit of a game for, for one of his from, from his podcast. Um, there was some recording issues that I had to kind of edit around but i think i made it work yep. sparks in fact uh, messaged me saying that i made it work so i appreciate that mm-hmm. um and then our last thing of the description is our fake nerd book club audio uh feed is done we made it to the end of that little char and the gang the last episode of little char and the gang is up audio so now you can watch both you can watch that on video and you can listen to it audio for you audio listeners uh that was the end of that that book about 103 to 155 well the end at the time there's more now but yeah and that's all the links below yep we linked it up uh, yeah um i do want to say one more thing though our anniversary is coming it is yeah yeah mm-hmm. didn't forget our fifth anniversary is coming as park said um on saturday you are all getting a very special treat our fifth anniversary uh Fickner podcast uh, annual 2021 is coming where we get to celebrate five years of doing this podcast. Ooh, hot doggy. And Come as Ben a- says every year, can you believe it? I never, and I never can. I know it's Some always unbelievable. You're invited to a, a gala of, of nerddom. How about that? Yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of what I was going for with the background. Like this is a celebration. That's a celebration, you know, it kind of fits. But I don't and, think we're going to change the world like the X-Men are. Not yet. And it definitely wasn't just because I liked the background. Hello, Mag. Hey, Mag. Mag is in there saying, neat. Be more excited, Mag. We shout you out. Oh, we totally did. In that anniversary. Um, So you can check that out on Saturday. It's coming, guys. Fifth anniversary. I'm really excited. It was an incredible time. Um, It's the first time we've all been able to record together in the same room. I think the audience is going to love it just as much as we we did doing it. So really excited for you all to see it. It's a, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a it good was, time. It's a really good time. And that's it. Awesome. That's everything I wanted to bring up beforehand outside of my week. And because I talked to Thong, someone else go. To you, Thong? Thong Thong? That's definitely what I meant to say. Ben, <laughs> why don't you go first? Yeah, um, I feel like I did the least amount of stuff this week. I didn't don't do a lot. No that. way, brother. No way. Okay, maybe maybe Sparks might beat me on this one. So I played, video game-wise, I played a tiny, and I mean a tiny little bit of Fortnite when I came home from work on Friday night. But besides um, but besides Fortnite, I also decided to do a little digging, or not digging, but I bit the bullet and I downloaded Shantae, the original Game Boy Color game, on, the Switch, on my Switch. Now, I have um, this download title on my 3DS, but my 3DS is pretty old, it's uh, the D pad is a little chipped here and there. So like some of the plastic uh, coatings coming off, but I mean, luckily it's it, thankfully it still works. It still functions. So that's good. But I'm, I'm like, oh, this thing's probably not gonna last forever. But luckily if you just change the SD cards, all your data is saved. So that's no worries. But when I downloaded Shantae on my switch, I noticed something. It's a lot different than when you can get on the 3ds. 
because this digital download is from when Limited Run Games put out their physical version. You boot up the game or you boot up the title, you get to see Limited Run on it, and it not only has the original Game Boy Color version, but also the Game Boy Advanced Enhanced version as well. Because if you had the original cartridge and you slapped it into a GBA, then you get the Game Boy Advanced version of it with all the little extras that were included. Because when the game came out, it originally came out in 2002, about a year into when the Game Boy Advance was was available. Okay. Nice. Yeah, Would you so, say that they made a limited run of them? Physically, physical games, yes. Actually, I saw a physical version of the game at Frankenstein's a while ago. Guy was selling it for $85. Luckily, the digital one is only 10 bucks. So if you want the digital version, go. You're just like, sweet, you don't have to worry about it. You get two games for one, but the digital is often cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, especially when they decided to do that. But, I mean, I played a little bit of Shantae, and actually some of the buttons were switched around from the 3DS to the um, to the Switch version. And it was really weird. So I had to, like, change the buttons, but I like the Switch button layout a little bit better. And I'm, I'm still super early in the game. I just barely beat the first level. But so far, I'm enjoying it. I'm w- willing to go back. Uh, Shantae has been a cult classic in the retro video game circles for quite a while. She's actually got one of her Switch games that recently came out that I, that I can't wait to try. So this is definitely a game series that I'm looking forward to. It's a fun platformer. You're a half genie. You get to do dances and you turn into different magical beings. It's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Isn't the, I don't know if this is, if I remember my history right, on the original Shantae, but it's like a Mario hack that like, that like they turned it into like a different game. Like somebody like packed Mario into like a, a like lady new game. But using the Mario like system, that's what I remember about that game. And it was like it, it was like partially illegal, and then they just made a real one that later. You know what? I believe it. I, like be, I, I heard something, something with the no, original. I don't know. I don't know if that's not one hundred percent true or not. But earlier today, when I was having dinner, I was talking to Fanny about how Miss Pac Man was actually a ROM hack of Pac Man, just yeah. because they wanted to make Pac Man harder. And then they went <laughs> to the, the people who actually own the license for the American distribution of Pac Man and be like. Yo, we did something and they liked it and they made it legal. Yo, yo, bro, you see that? Yo, see that yellow, that yellow thing over there? She's got a bow on her head. Real quickly, Ben. Yeah. I, I hate to do this now that we're live. Um, but Sparks and Ryan, is your microphone turned around? No, no. Okay, then I'm just hearing things. You sound fine then. You sound a little quieter than normal. Ben, continue talking. <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. Nope. All right. Uh, no, actually. So besides. Besides playing a little bit of Fortnite and a little bit of um, Shantae. Hey. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Glad you said something now. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. that. We I... asked earlier, didn't we? I don't know. Did you? I thought we did. Yeah, I, I'm pretty I sure we busy. said we sound good, yeah? It's okay. I, That's fine. I apologize. I'm glad, I'm glad we did it now. Continue, Ben. Sorry. No, I'm done. That's all I oh. can. That's all I Besides, do you want to know if I, I went to the gym? That's, that's all, also I did. That's pretty Give much me it. week by week, moment by moment, what you did, Ben. Go. Don't you mean day by day? Yes. <laughs> uh, work, gym. Don't sound. actually. Okay. Pass the power. Pass anyway, the power. right? Pass the power. Um, did we play Fortnite? No. You and I played nothing this week. I watched Wally, and I watched the movie we're reviewing today, and then I watched a lot of uh, Kitchen Nightmares. I might have played Avengers. Play any, read any X-Men? Um, I read w- one issue of Marauders, and it was 17, which is four behind the one that just came out. You've got you've it. Had okay. 
So I've, I've worked nine hour days every single yeah, day. So no, like I can't, I, uh, it's, it's, I can't wait to have tomorrow off and maybe do something. Right. Go ahead. Sparks. Okay. Uh, I was in Monterey for a chunk of time as I obviously was last weekend when we recorded. Um, and I didn't come home till midway through this week. And when I did, uh, then I spent time working on a special project. So I didn't do a lot of consuming media. I was with, I was spending time because everybody was vaccinated. I was seeing a lot of people I haven't seen in a very long time, nice. um, getting to see them. I was spending time with my family. So there was just a lot of that. Uh, a really dear friend of mine recently had a stroke. So I was spending a lot of time with him well, uh, really as he's cool. recovering. Um, and so uh, that, that was a lot of what my focus was. And then when I came back, I spent three days in a row working on a special project and pretty much only that. And you'll say that. But in the middle there, you know, in the little in between cracks, I had a little time for three things. One was playing a little bit more Knockout City because I absolutely mm. wanted to make time to play some Knockout City. I played with Brandon up there and friends of the podcast, Marty and Sam. Yeah. Yep. Um, that, was that was a good time. Yeah, that. that was fun. That was fun. Um, and then outside of that, I watched, I think, literally one and a half, maybe two. Can't quite remember because I did have to pause one way through. I think I actually just ended up starting it over. More episodes of Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm about halfway through that season. I'm enjoying it, but I haven't had a lot of time to commit to it. Um, I kind of regret that I started it, and then it's just stalled out this week. I kind of wish I'd... That's why I can't waiting. start it. That's why I, thought, I, yeah. I honestly thought I'd be able to keep ahead of it. Yeah. I thought I would have more time, honestly, to myself in Monterey, because, you know, like, Megan would have to go to work. My mom would have to go to work. But yeah. honestly... People filled my house very quickly um, hey man, and, uh, and I had no time. So um, I thought I would have time. I thought I'd have more time than I didn't. Uh, and the one other thing I did, because I did so little, we're now going to spend some time talking about the Friends reunion special. So that's the oh. one other thing I did. And I'm going to talk about it because um, not I like I like Friends fine. Um, I think there's an amount where it's just, you know, it, it is a cultural phenomenon. So it just is there. And it's uh, because she loves it. It's part of my uh, continuing culture. But I certainly like grew up with an attachment to friends. Um, it's, it's part of that cultural zeitgeist. So it has a nostalgia appeal to me. I think I, I only want to talk about this really because we were talking about it in terms of HBO Max and why we we were curious why they had to push this reunion special out, that kind of thing. Um, Half of the re- the reunion special is the actors returning to the rebuilt set mm-hmm. and sitting and chatting. And I think that part of the special is exceptionally cool because regardless of like how much I care about the show or anything, the connection and history of these people coming together uh, after all this time and just sharing stories and memories and the emotional impact that's between them and not someone prompting them, them mm-hmm. just sitting in on the set in a circle expressing things to each other with an amount of vulnerability that was certainly cut around but Mm -hmm. is still present was really cool and unique um and not what i thought the special was gonna be how long is it it's uh almost two hours oh that's long it's stuffed um cool it's it's a stuffed thing because it's cutting between so they did this all most of it's done through the course of a single day which is that they spend the day them just them and you're cutting between these things Mm -hmm. but they spend the day just them uh on the set just them talking with a cam with camera people around them but they're not engaging with them nobody is asking them questions they are allowed to just talk to each other and focus on each other and 
that is how they spent the day wandering around where they used to do their wardrobe stuff, where they used to do a huddle before each episode, talking about some of their, their strongest memories of each other. Smelly how, cat. how they feel having like some of them having revisited the show because their kids are watching it and remembering oh, wow. watching been... each other because like they purposely yeah. wouldn't watch the show, but then their kids started watching it. So now they're watching their old friends. Um, I think uh, there's a very beautiful, <laughs> Matthew Perry says probably the least in this, but he has the final note. And I think it's a really powerful statement that he says, which is that he expresses the thing is when one of us bumps into each other at some gathering or event or party or something, we just apologize to whoever we're with because we know we're going to be with that person for the rest of the evening. Mm. So that's cute. And that's happened to all of them. So that whenever they see each other, they just know they need to reconnect. It's and they go time. and they have their private moment. Um, and that's how close knit they are. And I was like, that's a really beautiful sentiment for him to have expressed. Yeah. Now, all of that was juxtaposed with the interview portion that they did that night, hosted by James Corden in front of a crowd during COVID. They got James Corden feels, to do it? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, which all feels very like, did you have to do this part? Yeah. Um, now, part of that has some nice moments. They have the actors who played Ross and Monica's parents in the audience to express oh, yeah. some cool. yeah. with the actors, which is really cool. Bringing back actors from the show was a really cool moment, but a lot of people have pointed out it's kind of weird. Some of the people who didn't get to be part of this, people like Paul Rudd, who was a main character on the last two seasons, is nowhere to be seen, yet we're going to hear from David Beckham about what he I thinks wonder, of friends i wonder if it was like a scheduling thing to be honest part of it comes across more as um unnecessary or he, they didn't here, here's what here's what megan and i discussed uh the special was clearly arranged it's edited and planned there's weird editing things all over the place in this special how they decide to cut it up or what audio traces they leave behind things like that um it's clearly a somebody who's not very attached to the show running how this special looks what it does oh, who weird. it features and that kind of thing someone who's not thinking about who was involved there's all these moments that should have been given to like you you should have gotten back this impactful person or tom Selleck's there but he's barely allowed to do much other than ask a simple question and it's like tom Selleck should have had a whole moment with the cast he was also a member for practically two seasons it's Bruce very uh well bruce willis is in two episodes no episodes. bruce willis is in a lot of episodes he's he's a, he's only in half a season no he isn't he i is. promise you no i promise you he's not in that many episodes buddy this show can watch friends, friends in my in this house all the time night yeah either way he was an important part of that show that a lot of people remember and if he's doing nothing other than doing shitty movies that he doesn't want to be doing he could shut up i i guess i think more of yeah. like um the guy who played the the super for the building who was in like mm. multiple seasons even if only like a, a handful of episodes at a time uh that actor isn't called back in at all, but the guy who played the neighbor who died in the first season is back. They're just bizarre choices of who they decided to include and for how long. And maybe that it's like the easiest people they can get. It could be, and it and, but again, like it prompts this thing: like, why do you have to do this during a pandemic? Why do you have to rush in this way? Especially because some of these people are just sending in video things mm -hmm. where they're expressing something, and I'm like, in that case, you could call up the guests, you could do all these things to engage with them but you're not. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it, you very much feel like what, what is so special and unique about uh, the cast just sitting together on the set and reminiscing and expressing these things is kind of marred by the other half of the special being clearly doctored up as like, 
higher ups above HBO Max needing to get this special out and needing to market and they're affecting their decisions on what they think is relevant, what they think is important, how to get at an audience for specific things. And like, not all of that is a miss, mm -hmm. but some of it is a little off and certainly not feeling like it's coming from the same place that the friends actors are speaking from and that makes the special feel a little lopsided in a way yeah. uh which was a really weird and, and unique way to walk away from feeling about it because i'm like i i would have almost rather that the entire thing was just them getting to chat with each other and not even done any of this if you're not going to allow much time from the people who were involved in the show to begin with yeah, yeah, yeah. um the only other relevant cutaways are w interviews with the people who were who created the show um the the three main creators of the show and i understand I, why we get those cutaways those aren't a problem to me but yeah. everything else i'm like just leave it on the actors there is one nice celebrity guest moment and it's lady gaga coming in and doing smelly cat with lisa kudrow Aww. which i think is really sweet lady gaga That's expressing amazing. that lisa kudrow's character of phoebe was a nice representation of you know being the the being her truly herself and uh, lisa kudrow expresses you know i'm really glad you're you picked it up and you you carry that on now what are culture, they and, and so it's you? really nice uh, but past that, a lot of these extra bits felt like they were distracted and not seeing the full scope of what they were doing. That's a shame. Uh, right, not even not even Ross's wife is a big one for sure. Ross chat Max says, "Wish we could have more screen time with the co-stars," and uh, not even Ross's ex-wife or Julian. Uh, I think those people who didn't show up in the special. It's just really weird because, like, you can feel where they're allowed to just kind of express themselves and you can also feel where like this is this is being manufactured as a product for you um by people who don't necessarily understand what what's important to the people who worked on it that's weird um i'll disagree i hated lady gaga being a part of the special i, I mean you're, you're allowed to disagree i hated seeing mindy kaling and david beckham and all those people who I, are I'm, not part with of the show. I'm with you uh i i hated every single time we, we cut away to someone else the smelly cat sequence is so out of place going to what you're talking about like editing really badly it feels I so out of place I to me yeah and 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 i i just would have rather than not a a not do it and and b uh just have people partly if you're going to do those cutaways do it with people that you did clearly didn't film at the same time do it with the people who are part of the show and not with people who weren't like, I don't go to a friend's reunion to watch Mindy Kaling or James Corden or whoever the hell they got. I, I fully agree with you. Um, there's a, there is a particularly stupid fashion show bit where they have Justin Bieber and Cara Delevingne Del, Del come out and wear different outfits that were used on the show, which just is dumb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awful. No thanks. Except um, when but, Joey puts on that costume. Yeah. But that's why it feels like it's there. It's there just to get him in that costume at the yeah. end. Um, but, uh, it, it, it's hard to recommend watching it. I think maybe it really depends on your relationship with friends to begin maybe with. But I, watch I, the wish, one part? I wish if you could just, but because it's all cut up, throughout, oh, that's, that's nice. my thing. It's oh. like, you have to, you have to like jump around for it. But if you cut. had a way where you can just watch them on the set and you just want to watch it for those bits, those bits are really nice. Regardless, I think of your relationship with friends, they're just really nice to watch yeah. as actors expressing this connection to each other, which is just natural and something that would happen when you work on a show that popular for 10 years. So just have your Nintendo switch. And every time it switches to back to James Corden, yeah, yeah. you just, you pick up your switch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's uh, the worst ways to spend a little over a little under two hours, yeah. uh, especially if you like that show, 
Uh, it's just kind of nice to be with those people again. For sure. I guess no one told us that life is going to be this way. That's a shame. Boy, that's true. Um, good sparks? Yeah, that was it. That's all I got. All right. I saw a movie called Dream Horse. That is uh, Tony Collette's new movie uh, from Bleecker Street. Um, by the way, Tony Collette's in the band. I don't know if you guys know this. I do now. I did. That's pretty. I looked her up because I was wondering what nationality she was because she's Welsh and she's Welsh and <laughs> Dream Dream Horse. Um, and it turns out she's Australian and in Australia she's part of a band. Oh, sweet! Right on. Uh, it's like Tony Collette and the Somethings. I don't remember what it's called though. Um, um, if you guys are looking for some Tony Collette material to binge, I highly recommend the United States of Terra. Oh yeah. Uh, there's mm-hmm. also a young Brie Larson playing her daughter on that show. Mm-hmm. So if you can ever find your way to it, highly recommend it. Uh, I really like Stream Horse. It's a movie about it's it's about a racing it's about a racing horse that's adopted by this town and 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 oh I don't actually know where the town is. It's a, based on a true story though um, about this kind of about this horse like changed everyone's life and whatnot. Um, and Tony Collette's good in it. She's good in everything. Um, but it's a it's kind of a nice feel good movie um, that I that I really enjoyed. Nice Stream Horse. I. Yeah, so I'll talk about this here. I started the uh, Fast and Furious uh, marathon that I'm going to do to get ready for Fast Nine. Ride or die. Um, actually, this brings up a question: Sparks, am I crazy, or did they say that they were going to do eleven movies? They said eleven. Okay, so then why did Vin Diesel say we're getting ready for the finale when he's talking about filming ten? Maybe they are thinking of ten and eleven at the same time. Maybe that could be. That could be. There you go. Okay. They might be Lord of the Rings in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they've got Justin Lin shepherding them through all the last three. So, yeah. That's what, yeah. So it was weird. Anyway, but so nine is coming out this year. It's a big year for franchises that I love. Um, so nine is coming out this year. Uh, and my girlfriend has never seen them. She's only seen oh. Tokyo Drift and eight. Oof. That's a dead man over gaps. <laughs> so, very big gap. Yeah, so we were like, okay, I'm going to show you them. So From that perspective, what is that franchise? Han dies, and then this guy killed Han, but it's okay. We're cool with him now. Yeah. <laughs> we we would not see like, the part when he was a bad guy or whatever. Or is that eight? Or was no, he that seven? Eight, eight guy is seven, a good guy. Eight seven, and seven. In, seven and seven. Eight, eight is where he saves the baby on the he plane. He saves the baby on the plane. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, so I'm going through the franchise again. So I watched the first three uh, this past week, um, and because of my girlfriend's work schedule, we started so late, uh, early. I'm sorry to say. Um, so Fast and Furious, fa- Too Fast, Too Furious, and the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Because I'm not doing that weird chronology thing that puts Tokyo Drift after say, Sav Six. Oh, I'm definitely doing it. I'm doing it next time <laughs> it, I watch it all the way through. I'm doing it. It doesn't. It doesn't work. The I know context, it doesn't work, but the that's what they decided. Of, the context of Han's death. Regardless of the context of how how we get to Han's death, it just doesn't it doesn't work. I I'm with you, bud. But technically, seven follows up on Tokyo Drift because you get the moment of seeing the guy right after, and he's just suddenly a decade older, and, and he's really, already too old to play the age he's played. It is really nice watching Tokyo Drift, though, and I noticed some characters in the. Uh, in the trailer for nine that are coming back, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I am so. Some... Happy. Uh, let's just talk briefly. Uh, I really like Fast and Furious. I think the Fast and the Furious is a really good movie. Um, Too Fast, Too Furious is a 
burning pile of garbage. Mm-hmm. And um, and man, that really sucks because that's a, a, the only movie that Ava Mendes is starring in in the Fast and Furious. I franchise. don't I don't think that movie's very good, but I do think the car scene in the third act is solid. Like the whole chase, I think holds up. Okay, I didn't think so this time around. Hmm. I mean, I'm I, basing that on four four years ago. Yeah, um, I and you could very well think that way this uh, this time as well. I was very bored in Too Fast, Too Furious. I thought it was, it, it, to me, it's kind of like what the worst the franchise could be in terms of like stupidness and boringness. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tyrese Gibson is probably giving his best performance as Roman. Yes, because he had to try back then. Yeah. Isn't that um, the one where he yells ejecto Cito or something? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's, that's all right. Every okay. now and then there's a Tyrese Gibson moment, but like most yeah. of the time he's playing it pretty straight. Yeah. Um, but especially back then, Paul Walker doesn't work without Vin Diesel. Do they end that movie by crashing into a yacht? They do. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. I'm remembering that movie correctly. Now, Brandon, are you, do you have any more to say about Too Fast, Too Furious? Not Too Fast, Too Furious, no. Okay, now I want, I wonder if you know how they live in Tokyo. Uh... You want to see me? <laughs> That's all I remember from that song. But it's <laughs> By the way, all three of those original, so- original movies have an original song written for that movie. That's awesome. Um, the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift all are titles song. Do you guys remember when <laughs> Linkin Park wrote a song for a Transformers movie and it was literally the worst Transformers movie? With yeah. all, you New Divide? Yep. I mean, yep. I, the song's fine. I'm just saying That's the first they, one, they, right? they wrote yeah. the second. That's the second one. I mean, they wrote like songs for like 12. No, no, no. They've used Linkin Park songs in the oh. other movies. They wrote a song for Transformers Revenge oh. of the Fallen and it was New Divide. That song is not good. Yeah. I like that song. <laughs> Movie's garbage. That was good. Movie not so much. Anyway, Tokyo Drift though, uh, I had a really good time. Yeah, it's good. And that was Nolan's favorite. uh, It's Justin Lin. It's the first time directing. By the way, that creative team has gone on. Justin Lin, Chris Morgan, creative team started on Tokyo Drift and just kept going until James Wan took over. Yep, that's awesome. Um, And I was like, wow, I'm watching the same guys who made Fast Five, which is to me the best one. I think that movie is only truly hurt by a really bad lead actor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just like who should not be playing the role he is. Does it, it just doesn't work on almost any level. His yeah. accent is bad. His performance You know what's is crazy bad. though? That's what he actually sounds like though. That just means he's a really, really bad actor. Cause like <laughs> if you watch interviews, that's, he sounds like a Southern, oh, like man. a really so bad. Brad uh, he just he, like, just the wrong pick. He's too old for the part he's playing for the story he's supposed to, be like he's a supposed to convey, right? Or something. Yes. Jesus. Uh, it it just all around just doesn't from that time period even doesn't make sense. I'm like, there are actors who would have been better choices for this role and more age appropriate at that time. Yeah. Uh, just weird. He really pulls that movie back for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. Um, but for the most part, I found it. I found it silly and not in the same way that Too Fast Too Furious is. It's silly and kind of a fun way. Yeah. Um, much more what we see with Fate of the Furious. Um, but, and and then I just kind of like, I really like the race sequences. I think those are really well done. Um, it's got my favorite character. Han is my favorite character in the franchise. Um, but it's awful lead character, lead actor is just slowing that movie down. But all in all, I liked it a lot more than I liked Too Fast, Too Furious. Nowhere near my favorite Fast, Fast and Furious film, but I had a good time. Nice. Um, since you're since you brought upon we're talking a little fast and furious talk while i was in monterey i showed uh the f9 trailer to a friend 
uh, who has watched the movies, likes the movies, but had not watched any trailers for the new one mm-hmm. yet. And uh, I how offhandedly mentioned about Han returning. And I'm like, yeah, I hope he's Cyber Han. And he's like, what do you mean? And so we watched the trailer and he sits there for a moment. And he looks at it after Han has made an appearance. And this is the most recent one where he's shown shooting people with the gun. Yeah. And, everything. Yeah. and he's sitting there and he's like, he's going to be a clone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. Oh my God. Man, listen, Hobbs and Shaw, despite being like, a different movie it's the same it's the same franchise so like same world. they introduced like meta humans like Idris Elba was like a super powered man in that movie he had like nano or like what or like just like yeah. enhancements or whatever so i'm like going to everything's space. on the table like, yeah just, yeah yeah blow it up yeah look i've 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 mentioned my displeasure with with the direction that fate, fate and hobbs and shaw are taking the franchise yeah. but i'm there i'm there for the ride yeah I'll, the only time i'll get off this ride is when it's done ride or die that's how it, that's how it works Except I probably might not. I might not see Hobbs and Shaw too, personally. Oh, I don't. Yes, oh. you will. Hobbs and Shaw's. I, I, I didn't really like it. I, I, really I thought like it. it was super fun. I didn't really like it. That's fine. Go back to my review. You'll see. I gave it a low score. I be, I I won't do that, but I believe you. <laughs> um, no, no shame. Like it, it's fine. I yeah. don't care. Um, it's Hobbs and Shaw. It would be it would be worse if I said I didn't like a movie Paddington two. Then you could castrate me because I saw that or I saw that this week as well. Like that segue, like that segue. Um, you cannot. I I had a horrible, horrible week in here, in my head. Um, so after a while, I just kind of felt like watching something wholesome, and I was like, I'm just gonna watch Paddington Two. That's a good one. And I, I. uh, I'm always mindful that I have a I have the ability to really over exaggerate my feelings for a movie, but I, I truly believe that the Paddington Two, no hyperbole, is a perfect movie, and I was sobbing watching it again because that that movie just breaks my heart and puts it back together and hugs it and then kisses it and then ends and I'm like, thanks, this is great, thank you. Everything's going to be all right. Um, yeah, I love that little bear. I'll watch it eventually. That first one is still like also a perfect movie, I think. So like, yeah, there's another one of those. Yeah, I think they did it twice. Incredible. Um, the second one has. I prefer the second one only because Hugh Grant's incredible. Mm, I haven't seen it. a single one. One day you should. I should. Sparks hasn't seen two, uh, but only seen one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys will watch it eventually. You're for friends with me. Yeah, sure. that's what happened with Ghostbusters. Sparks, you missed something though that we did. We did this week. We have to see Back to the Future. Oh, that's right. We did do that. Wow. My brain. I completely uh, forgot about that. Holy crap. Yeah, we, we went. We, the thing we did that. in the evening wiped away the rest of the day for me. That's fair. You know what? Yeah, it, that did, it did that too. We we all went to see, uh, 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 Ben Sparks and I went to see uh, Back to the Future. That was and fun. That was a lot of fun. We, we, we rented out a private screening watch this old movie i never saw it on the big screen before and, no, and I. yeah i had a great time one one of the things i want to say is i felt like i caught a few more dialogue bits i mean because I've, I've obviously seen this movie almost a hundred times i freaking adore this movie and even watching it on the big screen and hearing it through that sound system like huh i never actually understood when he said that time now i it, do it for me though um as much as i really like the movie that's a great movie um it, it's 
it was a lot of fun to watch it on the big screen, but it was also a lot of fun to watch it in a crowd as slow as as small as our crowd was. But I've never seen it in a in a large crowd and in like more than one other person crowd before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a whole new experience. We we cracked some jokes about how probably people in that school uh, think that Calvin Klein went there for a couple of days and were really confused when he went into underwear. We we had this whole thing where we got like uh, two thirds through the film and then and then like collectively we all kind of went. Hold up. Why wouldn't the dad look at the wife and go, doesn't our son look a lot like Calvin Klein? <laughs> Maybe their memory's just that bad. You know, how many decades has it been? I don't know. Honestly, one of my favorite bits of us watching it was when uh, Sparks' fiance, after one of the scenes with Lorraine and Marty, she um she would just go, damn, she's a thirsty bitch. Oh yeah, we would all the time. Because there's a moment where she's talking to her, where she's talking to Marty, and she's already like, ready. I can't go much further than that description. But you know. She's ready. Yeah, she's uh, ready. I'm like, I think one of, the best lo- or one of the best things uh, Megan said was when Lorraine came to, when she tracked down Marty at Doc's house after they would, did the, the model run of the time machine. And she comes in, she's holding her purse. Megan goes, oh, she has devices in that purse. <laughs> oh my God. That was <laughs> me. Oh, that was you? Oh, never mind. That was me. I, but but ben, Ben's right. Like, you appreciate so many other things also when you watch something like this on the big screen. Like, I always love Christopher Lloyd's um, uh, performance as Doc Brown, but he's so good in that movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so one good. Of, one of the things I definitely noticed watching it on the big screen that I probably never figured it out when I was watching it at home was Doc Brown's old age makeup. Yeah. Uh, all, all the actors' old age makeup, for the most part, holds up pretty well, even on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, what I mean is, I never under I never saw the difference between Doc nineteen fifty five and Doc nineteen eighty five. So when in part two, when he comes back and he tells Marty that he made himself look younger and he takes like the mask yeah. off, it's like I don't get it, you look the same. I was always confused by that joke too. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Megan, Megan definitely had a moment where she's like looking, staring at his neck in the in the eighties, and she's like, "Why does his neck look so weird?" And I'm like, "Babe, that's that's the old age makeup right there." <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I had a great time. I'm really glad we got to got to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. me too. Um, for the audience, if you ever get a chance to rent out a, a private theater or just go see an older movie in theaters, um, do it. It's all it kind of changes the experience. Hmm. I thought it would probably last for much longer once the pandemic ends. Yeah. yeah. I also started I started Castlevania this week. Nice. Um, only two episodes in, but already I've noticed some improvements in the animation and the voice directing. Um, I hope they continue throughout the season, but uh, there were some really great animation uh, sequences in the first episode specifically that I really enjoyed. For sure. Um, I love Saifa. Oh, when she was swearing all the whole yeah, time? Yeah, she was swearing the whole time. Yeah. So good. Um, I also started Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous season three. Um, and this season really solidified something for me, which is that if Fallen Kingdom didn't exist and this was the sequel to, to Jurassic World, man, what a better world that is. What a better, yeah. This is this this show is exactly where I would where I would where where I probably would have liked to have seen in a second movie uh, to Jurassic World, like a follow up to Jurassic World. I think should have always been the story and not whatever they did in Fallen Kingdom. You didn't you didn't like the Clone Girl stuff that they did. <sighs> you know, ultimately, I actually do appreciate the Clone Girl stuff. 
That's yeah. like the only thing in that terrible movie that I'm like, I, I'm actually, definitely, I'm into that. Yeah. I'm definitely with Brandon. I do yeah. like, like, I do like the idea of the clone girl thing. I think that does open a better avenue of like what the technology means in their context of their world than like, what if dinosaurs, but soldiers? Mm. Like, I like that. It's like the obvious answer is you can make people. Yeah. That's the problem. But like, you know, like, what does that really mean? How much are the dinosaurs dinosaurs from what you've genetically altered and how much is any clone what they are that's from what true. you genetically altered let's is see a if, far more fascinating let's like, see if they do anything with that in the next I don't movie. I don't know if they will but it's definitely like one of my more favorite elements mm-hmm. of what they decided to do in Fallen Kingdom than, right on. than the Indoraptor um, as as the show goes goes on I'm continuing to be impressed with Camp Cretaceous I'm not saying it's like an excellent show on the level of like How to Train Your Dragon that's not, a, not the show I don't know why I said that Troll Hunters yeah. um, that's a great show um, but it is a solid follow-up to Jurassic Park. It feels very in tune with the Jurassic Park franchise, and it feels like it would have been a, a good follow-up to Jurassic World as well. Um, yeah, I just I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I think it's a solid show. Some characters I'm crazy about, and they just introduced a new hybrid dinosaur, so we'll see. Ooh, more of that. Nice. The Scorpius Rex. Definitely oh, not interesting. No. <laughs> uh, oh, it took, no! It took them three seasons to get there, though, so Nice restraint. Oh no! <laughs> is it a uh, raptor like a scorpion tail? <laughs> no, it, it, don't tell me. It looks like the Indoraptor. Oh, that's even lamer then. Yeah. All right. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. No. Nope. Nope. Not gonna say it. No. It, look. Look. That's like if they pull it off, they pull it off. But right now, it's the only thing that the show has done where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I wanted to see this. You're gonna uh, start making, just... like you're gonna start making up dinosaurs like. Do the do the kind of thing where like people have taken like you know how how we interpret like if we interpreted animals by their bones the way that we interpret dinosaurs and like things wouldn't actually look like the way they look at all like mm-hmm. a sea lion oh, yeah. wouldn't look that way if we went at it the way we've gone at dinosaurs and I'm like oh, man get, oh, so do that do that thing where you get really weird with it and it's like okay like what if we're way off about what dinosaurs look like and then like extrapolate and take it further dragons yeah kind of like what they did with the hippopotamus yes yeah um yeah. But that's all I want to say about that. I really enjoy the show. It's it's it, it's a good time, and I I like it. I like it a lot as a um, as an installment in the Jurassic Park franchise, uh, a lot more than both of the Jurassic World movies. Okay, I need to say this because it's bugging me. Um, one of the things when Brandon, when you said Scorpius Rex, my brain went into a mismatch of Megatron and Scorponok from Beast Wars. I like, thought Scorponok. Yeah. Those two together, you got like a T Rex with like scorpion claws and just. I'd watch the shit out of that. I definitely, I definitely like basically pictured a Tyrannosaurus Rex with a scorpion tail. Yeah, yeah, that too. It's I mean, Rex. I expect something with a scorpion. Yeah. Um, that's not scorpion Rex. It's Scorpius. I know. Scorp- yeah, that's good. You Scorpionox a scorpion. That's how that naming yeah. convention works. Isn't that a, isn't that a isn't that a Greek name? Scorpius. Maybe. I don't know. Um. That's. Malfoy's kid in the end of the Harry Potter books. I That's that. true. Scorpius Malfoy. Jeez. All right. <laughs> All right. I friend. Nope. Nope. Not going there. I gotta read. I'd have to read Cursed Child again. And I don't want to. I don't want to read it. I, I, I'm ninety percent sure, but I, I don't want to double check. Let's move. You on. do. You should. If you had the chance, the show's cool. I will say yeah. that. I just, the the cool. stage play is awesome, but I just read the script, and there's some parts where I'm like, "What the heck am I trying to see here?" 
Yeah. Um, I caught up on X-Men this week. Which? I you are the I only one. The, yeah, I, I, I read the... Uh, I was a month behind on the main title, and then uh, the, I was a month and a week because I had a month's worth of comics as well as the first three issues of the Hellfire Gala, um, which is our background today for you audio listeners, mm-hmm. um, because I like this design a whole lot. I'm getting the variants for this book, which is the first time I've done it for the X-Men. Nice. Um, and I'm excited because I'm going to put them all together and it can make one long green carpet. I'm so stoked. Oh, that's cool. I also um, have those ordered. Yes. Yeah. I don't. It's uh, the X Men books. No, 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 no hyperbole. We've talked about it before. They're great. They're really great. A lot of fun. Um, I really loved the last issue of X Men. Um, but I do want to talk briefly about the Hellfire Gala at, at, as an event. I think it's really inventive, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. And I loved the first issue, which was the Marauders issue. Uh, I thought that was one of the best issues of the X line so far. Nice. Awesome. Looking forward to reading it. Yeah, I think you guys are going to really like it. But that's it. I shouldn't talk about more unless I spoil it. I just can't, so. wait, to get to the, I just can't wait to get to the part where you tweeted at Dan Slott and tell him to F go F himself. Oh, I did say F you, Slot, Because there's a know. scene between I, Xavier and, and Franklin. So I didn't look at the page because I'm not there yet, but I'm like, something's going on here. I'm going to read that later. And then I'm yeah. like, I agree with you, Brandon. It's no spoilers. It's no spoilers. The page isn't a spoiler. Oh, okay. um, so you could read it without... To me, every page is a spoiler. That's fair. Yeah, I'm with Ryan on that one. Shall we... It's basically... It's basically... Uh, I'm not spoiling it, but I'm... Ba- it's it's the X-Men writers giving to Franklin, like, a, here's your participant medal. Like, oh. it's, it's a sad little, like, oh, my God. No! <laughs> Franklin, I miss you. Yeah. And his, his, his bullshit thing where he's like, I don't want to write Franklin. Then give him to the X office, dumbass. Yeah. Shall we get into our bread and butter? Yes. Yum, 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 yum. We got some sad news to get started with. Um, real quickly, Patrick McGreal, who is a longtime writer for Disney and Vertigo, yep. uh, passed away at the age of 68. Oh, wow. This, <clears throat> this week. No cause given. Oh. I definitely read some of his DuckTales comics when I was small. Woohoo. Me too. Me too. Um, nice. He he was with Disney for a long time writing DuckTales. Um, he's the one who created the family tree, I believe. Yes, that sounds right. I'll take your word on it. Uh, you guys should check out that family tree. It's awesome. You ever want to know why Huey, Dewey, Louie, and... That was a Daffy. Donald... Donald call scrooge uncle there's a reason and it's wild it's like a buzzfeed article over here yeah right but that's yeah. that, that's it we can move on to some comic rest book news in peace. rest in peace yeah um this week we got some new information on some marvel comics <laughs> such as who is taking over venom um coming in oh november God. we got a flip-flop happening we do and this is when i realized what was going on um but uh, Donny Cates leaving Venom at the at issue 200. We had assumed, um, we had assumed that uh, what was I saying? I'm sorry, I got distracted by the comment section. Don't check um, the comments when you're talking. That's okay. We had assumed that. it was Philip Philip Kennedy Johnson taking over Venom because he's doing that Extreme Carnage event. Oh yes, I'm glad that's not it. Yes. I'm sure he's fine, but I didn't want that guy. Now we now we know who's taking over. It's Al Ewing um, from Sword. 
Guess I'm not uh, dropping venom. Yeah. <laughs> and the Immortal Hulk. Ram V making his Marvel debut. Uh with art by Ram with art by Brian Hitch. So Al Ewing and Ram V will be co-writing it. That's killer. Uh yeah. Brian Hitch is a really, really talented guy. He would he isn't the first person that I'd want to put on a big Venom book, but it also depends on what style the book is. Um mm. This is awesome, and it's not. I also, I also don't think he's on it for long. He doesn't tend to stay on anything that long. Um, he's like a big DC guy too, or he actually he does both. He's been a guy who's been around forever. Um, this is like the two best writers and comics on the same character at the same time. This yeah. is almost like too too much. Like this is like I thought because when it said Ram V's coming to Marvel, I thought he was taking over the one this or the other book we're going to talk about. I didn't expect okay. this and Al Ewing to be on Venom, which means this is probably like a big epic. Like a big cosmic epic. This is going to be yeah. a hot ticket item. It's going to be a hot ticket item, and I'm like, it's crazy that Venom, like Venom's always been popular, but like because of Donny Cates, Venom, like you, he's, now that he's you said gone. it, Venom is definitely leaving the planet. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely um, going cosmic. Al, Al Ewing's doing the space stuff, so it's he's going to tie it in. Oh yeah. my god, he's going to do the Guardian stuff and actually like make it good. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. right. Right. The oh, the, the thing about the thing that we were always wondering is who would take over Donny Cates because the thing is about Venom, Venom really hasn't had a definitive run as far as Eddie Brock is concerned until Donny Cates came up um and, and did this thing. So like it's always a question when you do something definitive, who takes that over? Mm-hmm. And Al Ewing and Ram V are the extreme best example of who takes over your status quo shaking event to do it again and in a respectful way that honors history. And it's excellent. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, it's just like, I haven't been reading Venom enough for lack of quality. There's a lot of books. And like, I know that book's going to be fine without me. Um, it's crazy that I'm going to like get another Venom book. And like, they, they, they care about this character so much. They're like, we're going to put like arguably like the best writer that like we have right now on this book. That's just crazy. Could be Venom think about this what if venom becomes the next daredevil the thing is daredevil has never had a bad run right but venom's had a lot of mediocre runs i know but what if this is the start of venom having the same track record as daredevil where it's constantly let's, team after yeah. team after team that's doing some great work i agree let's get through more than just one with donny cates though i know i'm just saying I, I i know that daredevil has a good has a good history Daredevil has literally 30 years of impeccable runs it's constantly it's, just it's, having good runs it's almost insane that and swamp thing with like very like very small like levels of oh bad issues here and there but like there are some characters that just like like magic gravitates towards them yeah like it's just like it, it's really daredevil is really crazy you can jump in anytime any even year kevin smith's even kevin smith's yeah that one's yeah. good yeah and then he write for marvel knights daredevil yeah yeah oh yeah marvel knights man i missed that remember when donny cates did it like two years ago and nobody read it oh i have it i was gonna make it a book club and then i completely forgot yeah yeah <laughs> i have All it too right. Um, speaking of Donny Cates, though, um, Al Ewing is obviously leaving the Immortal Hulk, so someone's got to take over the Hulk title, and that is Donny Cates. Oh. Um, and Brian Otley. Brian Otley is joining him on Art, who is the artist for Invincible and the currently artist for Amazing Spider-Man. Was. Patrick Gleason is now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Also November. So they're, they're switching. Donny Cates and Al Ewing are switching books. And two big, hot number ones. That's awesome. Um, this one is interesting because how do you follow what is arguably the greatest Hulk run of all time. Like really like, like, and it's obvious, it's definitely going in a different direction, which you have to do. um, Because like, I just don't know how you do this again. You'd have to do something different. I mean, Um, he's, he's, he's done it with Thor. How do you follow Jason Aaron on Thor? Yes. um, I, the thing is though, we like, this is the only time the Hulk's ever been like this. And I do wish this would continue 
and somebody like a Ram V or Al Ewing, I think not that Donny Cates is a bad rider. He's not, he's not the type of writer that, that they are. They, they are very different types of writers. Yes. Um, and I prefer what's happening with Hulk. Now I don't want him to just go being smashy again. And that's, that's what it is. And that's yeah. fine. But like now I don't care about the Hulk anymore. Like, honestly, uh, I'll give it a number one issue. I will try the number one, but like, if it's just really good art, that's a, that's Hulk being mad. Then it's like, I, that's, I don't need that. But like, I will give it a number one because I like Donny Cates a lot, but like the solicit didn't, didn't make me super excited. Um, I will, I will say that, uh, of the, of the two announcements, the, the Venom one was the more exciting one. Um, cause I, I do think Ali Ewing and Rambi are better writers than Donny Cates. However, I adore Donny Cates writing. Yeah. Um, so him going on Hulk makes me excited that I could keep reading Hulk. Cause I do think yeah. it will be different, but I, I, I also think it will be really good. I, I also think that the solicit isn't giving us the full picture because they're avoiding telling us how Ewing's run's ending. Yeah, um, that's true. That, that was how I interpreted it. Like, I was like, I feel like I'm missing the the hook. Here. I will say, though, because, like, if we're just going from Jason Aaron's runs to Donna Cates' sure, run, sure. like, it's, like, that's a just number one you can jump into. You don't have to read Aaron's run at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's super valid because, again, it's a brand new launching on point that's doing a new direction. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't have to read the previous stuff to read this one. Um... I think what I mean by that is more like where the Hulk might be left as a character, yeah. um, like emotionally, not necessarily that you'd have to know the stuff before, yeah. but I think we are not being let in on knowing what that is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, because Ewing, I think based on everything that he does and the immortal Hulk run so far, yeah. will have an emotional uh, conclusion and turn. Yeah, yeah. And I think that will be something that, uh, is is going to be affecting the character, but we can't we can't know exactly what that that emotional state of being. Regardless of like, you could jump in on that number one, and you will be cued in like this is an emotional state of being. Yeah, but I don't think we get to know what that is. That's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah, because uh, uh, we don't have that. that Hulk, Hulk is just one of those characters that like uh, when he's a supporting character, he's cool. But like I I've yeah. read a lot of Hulk. I've I've read a, almost all the modern Hulk runs, and half of them I don't care about. Right. Um, and that's just me because I want to give the character a chance, and I'm mm-hmm. just like I don't care about the Hulk when he's just smashing things. You, you can really like you you have to do something different for me to care about I, the hulk and i'm just worried that like this will be like as as cool as invincible of violence but like i don't i don't think know. it's unfair to compare al ewing's immortal hulk to like a a true well done prestige series um and i understand that like there's an amount where you can get wary because this could be like how much are we dipping out of that yeah that prestige level like i i just think that uh you know as much as like you know jason aaron's run on thor was really great um i don't think it was on the spectrum of what immortal hulk it's not it's not Uh, it's just a consistent i I don't think i don't think a lot of comics are yeah uh in general that usually come out about characters in marvel and dc are in our actual runs i don't think that they usually reach this level so this is a particularly challenging act to follow no matter what yeah i don't think anybody will be able to live up to it in any way. Uh, I think it will be a challenge for anyone, but I'm glad that it's at least someone who I'm like, I hope, I oh, hope yeah. they can bring something. Um, I am, but I, I but am I hopeful. Do, like, I know but I, I do, But I do sit there and wonder if it wouldn't be better to just... Leave it alone? Leave it alone. Give it a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've thought that more than once. That's, I think that's just what it is. Because like, it's going to be such like, it'll go from issue 50 to issue one like, in like a week, maybe. And I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, oh boy. Uh, uh, no, this is this will be a couple months because it's out in November. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. then that's cool. Okay, um, Immortal Hulk will 
we'll be on hiatus until this uh, this goes. Um, ben, you gonna you gonna do anything with these? Yeah, ben, do you have anything about these? Do you have any any thoughts well, about these I two? Try, I was trying to. I was waiting until Sparks and Ryan were done because only two Hulk books did I ever really give a damn about, and that's Hulk Gray mm-hmm. and Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Every other time I heard that the Hulk was, I mean, if it was team up, cool. But other than that, like Ryan said, I also kind of don't care about the Hulk. I mean, he's, he's a character, don't get me wrong, but just he gets angry and smash stuff. Whereas reading the Immortal Hulk books, which is making me go out and try and find the Immortal Hulk traits, I care because this is compelling. This is a great story. Um, Donny Cakes, when I first, I didn't hear the news about Al Ewing taking over Venom. I was more, I heard the news about um, Donny Cates taking over Thor, about taking over Hulk. And my first thought was, oh shit, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not caught up on Venom at all. I only have like the first two trades, and but I liked that, and I know a lot of good things are going on with King and Black. So it's all first, now, but it was good. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, this is good. I, I thought Donny Cates, Ryan Hulk, hell yeah, he's got to bring some cool shit to it. But now mm-hmm. hearing Al Ewing is doing Venom, I'm actually more interested in what Al Ewing is doing with Venom because I'm like, because yeah. I'm also reading Sword. And I actually really dug sword. I'm really not dug digging. I'm it's I'm picking it up constantly. And I'm like, I'm liking sword. So I might be I might go closer to Venom when this that is, drops. This is still I've been like it's I know it's been sounding negative. This is still a huge win for both these comics. This is still oh, a yeah, huge totally. win. I, like, Ryan Otley is an insanely good artist. I, I always um these are you know, these are both writers that I pick up anything they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do too, and and unfortunately lately just donny cates hasn't been hitting as hard thor is still the one that hits but like i just don't find his events nearly as as eventful as i'd like Um, one of the things i I was going to ask have we kind of like because we totally were hyped up on donny cates a few years ago we still am i mean we still are but i feel like the hype the hype train has like slowed down a little bit because i remember every time we talked about donny cates we'd be like cult of cates yeah well no i i i don't feel that way personally Personally, okay. I, I have continued to read everything he does and love it also. I just don't think everyone hits at 100 all the time. Yeah. True. And and oh. I, I can't really weigh in because I don't. I'm behind. Yeah, you haven't read it. Yeah. So yeah. I have nothing I can contribute to the conversation as far as yeah, I'm I, concerned. I'm I like can... two years back on what Kate's has written, yeah, and I yeah. think everything's gold. So I'm you like can't five, ask me. Yeah, I'm like five years back, so I'm, I'm – definitely not. We didn't read Guy Country yet. <laughs> Um, I, one of the things I want to say though, is that as Ryan said, this is a win for both these books. These are both books, uh, by, these are both creators that I still pick up everything they do. love it all. So I'm totally in one of the things though, that I appreciate is that even though, uh, Immortal Hulk is an incredibly revolutionary game changing comic book. I am glad that they put on the, the guy who always shoots high, even if he doesn't hit, I always appreciate the attempt to do something really like crazy and bombast and whatnot. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that they gave Hulk that opportunity to continue into a, a mm-hmm. different direction, but also equally like bold. I wouldn't call it equally bold yet. I don't think we know enough. And I think it's got we... the potential is what I'm trying to say. It's got the potential sure. to be. Sure. No, after you guys, I remember way back when you guys, Brandon and pretty much all three of you said, yo, Ben, you should totally pick up Immortal Hulk. It's a really good book. Then I was talking to some of my other comic book stores, to my Casey Casual friends and they're like, hey, what comic books would you recommend? First thing out of my mouth, Immortal Hulk. I remember we, we tra- almost made it a, a fake nerd book club, and we're like, no, that was it. my. Well, that, I didn't. <laughs> well, we'll do it. it. We'll do it. We'll do it eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not then. 
That was that episode. That that's we changed that to Little Char and the Gang. We did. Which Inferno, was still, which was still a good read. Um, yeah. we finally have more uh, information on what Inferno is going to be out in September. It's going to be a four issue miniseries. Um, so- this is Jonathan Hickman's X Men next X Men thing. Um, he'll be joined by Valerio uh, Skeety, R.B. Silva, and Stefano Caselli, and one more artist. So those are all just the best of the best. Oh, that man. we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, this is kind of spoilers, but the events of the last I- issue of X-Men um, are paving the ways for this. Got it. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to read them. I'm like, okay. no. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read, read the spoilers. Yeah. I, I was thinking that. about it, but uh, no, the, the events of that last issue um, uh, are, are, are directly responsible for what's happening in this, uh, in the series. Gotcha. And for um oh um issue twenty X Men twenty one's not right X Men twenty's out no twenty just came out twenty yeah that's the I one read, with, that's, uh, I, I read that one that's the Mystique yeah. cover that's the one issue that I read next to Marauders yes yeah it's a very good issue never recollecting on it hot spicy stuff happens yeah uh, Mystique yeah it's it, like it's stuff that's been carrying on like like she wants to burn things to the ground and stuff from the happened in X Men issue six. Like yeah. it's it's still we're, we're apparently this will be more this will be kind of like um moving the the pieces through some of these some of the setups from the beginning of Hawksbox. Yes, yeah, they call it this is like a sequel like the Hawksbox. Yeah, like, like a sequel to Hawksbox. Um I gotta get through the Hellfire Gala first, but I'm already excited because it's you know Hickman's riding more X Men. I can't get mad at it. Yeah, I wonder if he'll if he'll get back onto an ongoing soon though. Oh man, I don't I can't even speculate. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's the one who's doing the Moira McTaggart book. And they were like, uh, we're, whatever they're like, we're waiting for the writer to be available. And he, we're waiting for him to finish Inferno. Yeah. It's, if I had to say anything, it would probably be the Moira book is one of the last things that gets announced. Cause that's oh, yeah. like, that's like the pivotal character for all of this stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, they said it was coming and we'll see if it does. Yeah. All right. We got some casting news. Creed three is looking to cast Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country and the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania um, to play the rival boxer for the movie. Hey, I'm happy for anything with more Jonathan Majors in it. Me too. I really like the Creed movies, and this is Michael B. Jordan directing this one. That's awesome. I've only seen the first Creed, much like Paddington. I'm sure the second one's good, but I've only seen the first, and it's, but Creed is an excellent, excellent movie. Unlike Paddington, I have seen neither, oh, but uh, I believe you. That is the one movie where I wanted Sylvester Stallone to win an Oscar because yeah. I think he, I think he brings it in that movie like he's never brought it before. He's I so have not seen the Creed films. I think the only movie I saw was the Rocky movie, or the only Rocky movie I've ever saw was one with Mr. T in it. Like the best, I one. think. Four, right? That's Rocky Four, three. That's the one with the robot. Wow. No, four is the one with the oh, robot. Four has the robot. Four has the robot. Because he's doing a new cut of that, that that it takes out the robot. You're wrong, Sly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, anyway, Jonathan Majors is a really good actor. I'm happy to see this. I'm. I don't think Creed Two is as good as Creed One because it doesn't have the same director. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm. Ex- I still like that franchise, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, the lack of Coogler definitely hurts it, but it's still. People seem to like the second one still. So. Yeah. Oh. Um, I thought it was three. Thank you. Yeah, Meg. Good. Thank you, Mag. Is then what's he thing? what's he redoing? Three. Maybe it's three that he's redoing. Must be three, okay. <laughs> Must, uh, whatever. John Wick. John Wick mm-hmm. four has cast Donnie Yen. Ooh. Oh my god! It man himself. 
um, as an old friend to John Wick, they have a shared history and some common enemies. So he's a friend, not a villain. Oh, I was hoping with the way you phrased it, I was hoping he's like he's a friend, but who also might be an enemy. So they get to fight, just so that we can get the fight to fight each other. I really, I really hope he gets to have a good presence. Nag, right. you're the MVP. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, th- there you go. Four, four is the robot, so three must have Mr. T. What a wild roller coaster. Wait, which uh, is the one? I, oh. I really hope that Donnie Yen gets to actually have a presence because I like the John Wick films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do get a little tired of like actors who could do stuff like largely just being there for like a set piece of an action scene or something and then we move on oh i don't mind that well that's what avengers did with uh scorpion i mean actors who are capable of doing more oh yeah yeah, yeah. um which donnie Yen i feel is one yeah yeah i agree i i would like i hope that donnie Yen. i hope that donnie Yen gets the same treatment or better same or be, same or better that common got in two I was thinking of Common when I was thinking of it. Yeah, I'm like, I, I hope that's more the presence that we get. Yeah, yeah okay, something yeah, yeah, yeah. a little higher than Common. I liked Common in, the, in that in that second. I yeah, did too. He's, he's I did too. Uh, yeah. Oh, John Wick. John Wick is so cool, you guys. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I like Donnie Yen so much. And after watching the It Man movies for the first time during the quarantine, oh God. yeah, I'm so into this. He watches a dude's face like 90 times in five seconds. Is uh, John Wick three on one of the streaming services that we know of? HBO Max? I have I no don't, idea. I don't know. Because if it's not, I'm going to have to borrow one of your Blu-rays because I haven't still haven't seen John Wick 3. Hey, some would say it's a pretty good action. Also, <laughs> potentially movies anywhere. I'll check. Okay. Anywhere. The Toxic Avenger. Oh my god. Tell me more. Elijah Wood has been cast as the villain opposite of Peter Diglidge in the Toxic Avenger remake. This is awesome. I didn't know this. That's uh, pretty good. Elijah Wood is like, he's like... He's like super into like 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 the nerdy indie stuff. So like it's really cool that he's like, is he like producing this movie? Is like is his company producing us? Do we know anything? I don't know, is but like, he does produce horror movies for Shutter yeah, and things like he, that. Yeah. Um. I, I I think we talked about it before that his his company might be doing this. Um. Anyway, like he's a great choice. Like he was a villain. He was a great villain in Sin City. Like really, yeah, he was really spooky. Um. This is really cool. Toxic Avenger is such a weird <laughs> franchise, guys. Like, and it's like the original trauma movie is like super kind of offensive. So I'm really really curious what they're going to do with that movie. Yeah. Peter Dinklage is the lead. Yeah. Um, that's going to be fun. Good for I him. I, I have faith. Elijah Wood getting on board gives me even more faith. Yeah. Yeah. I like Elijah Wood. I don't see him as an actor too often anymore. Yeah. He's more behind the scenes. Yeah. Also, he's just, he does, if he does like independent stuff, it just, I miss it. Yeah. Wilfred. Say, everyone should watch Wilfred. I'll say this oh, one first and get to the, the, that one last. Matrix 4 has cast Christina Ricci. Really happy for her. Me too. Really? I like her. Wednesday Adams. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Casper. Go. Casper. Monster <laughs> by Patty okay. Jenkins. So yeah. funny enough, I would have heard, I would have recognized her quicker from Casper because I watched Casper more as a kid, and I only right. watched Adam Family until last. It, year. it is it is the first thing that comes to mind when I hear Christina Ricci because I watched Casper so much, but she's definitely done a lot of a lot of work since then. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm happy for her. I'm glad she's getting something like this. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing her in it. I wonder, because it, it came in my mind, I wonder if she'll be related to Trinity. I was literally going to say look pretty she's, similar. she is the child of Keanu and Trinity. The one. Wow, the that'd be wild. That's a good idea. Yeah. But, nope, nope. Um, uh, yeah. You guys remember Casper and Wendy with Hilary Duff? Nope. I yes. remember seeing promos for it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember watching anyway, 
Casper is one of those franchises just like, sorry, Ryan, not today. Yeah, there's, there's two sequels that I know of. But I'm sure there's, there's a prequel and a. Oh, yes. Is that how they They're kill Casper? They're both prequels? They are both oh prequels. Casper meets Wendy also takes place before Casper. But wow. after the se- after the one about Casper after he died. After Casper's spirited beginning. Yes. Spirited beginning. Oh my God, the, lo- the lore. Spirited beginning is really, really not good. Is it as good as spirited? <laughs> oh, no. I, will say, I will say, movies aside, the old Casper cartoons, from what I remember, are actually pretty cool. They're pretty I'm neat. always I always yeah. loved in those in those cartoons the intro uh, has the car running over Richie Rich instead of him falling out of an airplane. Murder. Uh, I was oh. really happy that we got that origin for for him being Casper. <laughs> I don't remember that, but okay. Ben, ben. Yeah. You know I'm making that up, right? I oh, did. Ben. <laughs> but I'm with you. Um, no, the Casper cartoons are are super solid, especially for their time period. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Casper cast. Yeah, I'm sure it exists. It's got to. Um, that would be a short cast, and you would not have that much material to go through. You could do it in a year. Yeah. <laughs> you do a minute by minute episode uh, a podcast. Casper oh, minute God. by minute. Oh man, oh, detailed. That's analysis. a mistake. <laughs> Like the the original, sure, but then after that, I admire anybody I who that does person who on some sick level enjoys at least Casper meets Wendy. I don't know if I enjoy Spirit of the Beginning anymore. I did at a time. Yeah. That time might have passed. <laughs> Fifty five theatrical cartoons between the forties and fifties. Yeah, but those are the older cartoons, so they're all like you know less than three minutes. I'm saying the podcast for one. I'm just saying you could stretch it out. If you, you could stretch to. it out. You could. I don't care about Casper, but I'm gonna start. This I don't think now. you should. <laughs> I'll join I you. Got, it's right, just cool. we'll leave that right anyway. Right. Christina Ricci in, Ma- in Matrix Four is really exciting. Yeah, the Wachowski four. sisters are are back. Just one uh, of them. Just one of just them. One of them. Yeah. Solo Wachowski. Didn't know that. Half the party, uh, double the fun. That's cool. The Matrix Four is still happening. That's really crazy to me. And like they got yeah. everyone back. I'm like. It's wow. a little, it's a little weird. We're get, hearing this casting announcement right now. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a reshoot situation or just. Remember how both how both John Wick Four and Matrix Four was supposed to come out a couple weeks ago? Yes. I wonder if it's like a, a voice thing where maybe she's a voice of a character because that's, that's kind of thing she doesn't that's have to a good do point, right now. I just I hadn't thought about the fact that Matrix Four should already be done. It is, so... I think, because it's supposed to be up by now. At least filming wise. Yeah. 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 Or maybe they just in her casting reshoots i mean they could have but then why do we hear it now that's coming out this year reshoots oh, shit, it is. Yeah. they have to cgi her in because someone made a boo-boo on set oh my god somebody oh. got canceled and they're oh guitar. i don't know but that's funny all right spider-man spider-man into the spider-verse 2 that's cast Issa ray isa isa ray comedian uh as spider-woman this is awesome. Ooh. This is a, this is what we call a win. I have only seen her in that movie where her boss goes from the girl from Scary Movie to a little girl. I've seen the trailer for that movie. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, yep. sure. Yes. Got it. I have no clue what you're talking about. I just know she's really funny. Uh, and, and like this, like the Spider-Verse tone like works perfectly. And I'm like, this is adding more diversity, making like, uh, it, it, wait, does it? She's Spider Woman. Yeah, that's she's right. Spider Woman. So like, they're, they're like Jessica Drew is now a black they're woman. Doing it. I'm like, that's great. Sweet. Well, that's not necessarily what that means. That's not. No, because uh, oh, I guess Zoe not. That's true. That's true. Jane, so. You're right. But you should do it anyway. Why not? I mean, they can. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I think they probably will. Yeah. I just didn't think about that. You're right. 
Um, also, alternate universe Spider Woman. Like we don't know what spi- what version of Spider Woman this will be. That's true. It could be any. That's true. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. I'm really excited for Spider Verse. Um, I love that first movie. Make make just as good. Anytime we talk about casting, that just means like, yo, man, this movie is actually really happening. And like, yeah. it's, I know it's like sometimes like not really news, but it just means like it's actually happening. There was and that's definitely cool. there was definitely a moment of time like that time seems silly now, but where we were concerned for the future of Spider Verse oh, because that movie wasn't making the money it should have. Yeah. But here we go. It, it did. It did begin to make the traction it was supposed to. Yeah. Just quick anecdote on my on my way home from the gym this morning with my roommate. He played a sunflower and those and on the little. Thing, it said Spider Man in the Spider so he got it from that album. So I'm like, man, I really he, that song. The song was made for the movie. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah, like, man, I need to watch that movie again. That movie's just so bad. Y'all ever watch that uh, Post Malone virtual Pokemon concert? That's 25 minutes long. No. no. See you later. Bye. Go watch it on YouTube. I dare you. <laughs> That's so long. Question. What's weird what? is that they didn't just let Post Malone film live action and put him in the in the virtual bubble going through the around the Pokemon world that he does. Mm-hmm. Instead, they create a digital recreation of Post Malone, put him in a bubble, and send him around the Pokemon world. It's cheaper that way, obviously. It's All right. Have you All seen right. the theme song? No. What a waste. No. What that? That's what, what it's what, screw him. But he does sing. But he does sing sunflower. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Miscellaneous news. Um, Dark Horse Comics has launched a video game division. Sick. Just called Dark Horse Games. Dark Horse. What? Hmm. What? What? I know this is a dumb question because I read comics, but I don't read a lot of Dark Horse. What properties do they have? Well, Hellboy, Umbrella oh, Academy, shit. Oh, shit. Um, Black Hammer. Oh, is this is this off DC? No, no, no. Sorry, I'm just thinking because they have crossovers. This is cool, though. Okay. Oh yes, Mag. Oh. Mag is talking about the movie Lovebirds with Kamal Nanjiani. Oh. I did not see that. I, I didn't see that either. I might watch it now. Though. Um, Hellboy's cool. He's actually had like a couple of video games, uh, and one of them was real bad. Um, the one that I played. Uh, so like, I'll take another Hellboy. That's cool. Yeah, this was Dark Horse uh, going. Uh, they're going to develop first party games with developers, and then third party they'll like branch out. Um, so it's really cool. That means okay. just, yeah, they're going to license out all the properties, which is just awesome. I was actually, actually going to, um, because when you said Dark Horse Games, for some reason, my brain went, wait, are they making comic books about video games? Because they have done that before. I mean, yeah. hell, that my Super Mario Bros. Encyclopedia is printed by Dark Horse. We're getting oh. an Umbrella Academy video game. I can, oh, man. Oh, that, yeah, I'm a dummy. This is like literally every comic ever made. <laughs> there are so many comic books. Oh, a beast of burden? They own yeah. a beast of burden? Oh, like a telltale, like a telltale beast of burden game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I could see them doing a telltale style beast of burden game. That actually great. sounds pretty rad. Yeah. Um, but good for them. Excited for your future endeavors. Good luck. I love video games and I love comics. Uh, uh Horse, please please keep publishing those video game encyclopedias. They're really awesome. I was flipping through the Mario one earlier today. It's awesome and and also hurry up with the Sonic one because I really want it. You got it, Ben. Please and thank you. <laughs> Ben, you have just you have just confirmed that they will never do that. Canceled. They they hate us so much. Why ben. would you do that, Ben? ben? Dark Horse specifically hates us. What's the opposite of a pre-order? <laughs> a bad order. No. There you go. Funny Anti-order. Funny enough, that encyclopedia is coming around the out. It's coming to stores around the time of my birthday, so I probably will pre-order it. Hilarious. 
All right. Then I'm going to make sure that nobody could get me the thing that should obviously be my gift, so I'll end up with eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God of War, Ragnarok. To nobody's surprise, is not coming out this year. Thank God. Thank God. A little bit to yours, right? A little bit no. to yours? Thank no. God. Okay. <laughs> you pushed back a little bit on us when we said, this gets delayed, and you were like, they wouldn't announce it if it wasn't at least a little far along. This could happen. Game I, was I was probably speculating, or I'm an idiot. Man, because um, <laughs> if this game were coming out this year, then this is a Maz Morales-style game. There's no way they yeah. can make a huge game the size of God of War, well, making it a so, sequel. So here's the sad thing that comes with this. It's also is we, know, we know this is not going to be a true PS5 game. No. And that no. sucks. But, but it's really nice for the like a hundred million PS4s and I get business wise why they did it. But I just know just like horizon, it's going to be similar to God of war instead of a true next gen game like rational clank. It does suck for that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it is good for those people. Yes. Uh, however, I'd rather wait to 2023 and have a true PS5 God of war game than the, uh, in betweener that I kind of feel like this is going to be, especially with them having way too early announced it. Like yeah. we all called that they did. Like there's no way unless this game is much less than what the last one was. Yeah. Um, and uh, just in general, my vibe right now is I'm not thrilled that God of War definitely feels like a game that's being pushed on crunch. Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm super anti-crunch and that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am I am split on the... Sorry. Uh, split. I'm split on the available on PS4 or PS5 thing, because obviously I don't know if I'm going to get a PS5 by 2020. Uh, two. 2022 is when this is push, pushed to. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I would have rather had the dedicated PS5 game, that yeah. next-gen God of War game. The, the pandemic really, really messed a lot of things Well, because here's, here's yeah. the thing. If it was a truly dedicated PS5 game, it probably wouldn't come out in 2022, which is why I'm like, I'd really rather wait. I'd really rather you were just making the true PS5 game and wait and have that game, be like, blow my mind yeah. than kind of be like, What's uh, what's what's up here? Because yeah, there's yeah. so many there are so many mechanical things they can do with the PS5 controller specifically that like I want them to do with God of War, and it's frustrating that they have the technology at their grasp, but they're going to have to hold themselves back and hamper it down so that PS4 can still play. It's and again, it's like a thing where when you have to make a game for the PS4, which again is a you know it's it's not like a, it's not a it's not a nothing console, but it is a eight year old console at this point. Yeah. So you have to cater to an eight-year-old console, meaning you limit. It's not about graphics. You know, graphics can look great. Like God of War is like still a great-looking game, even for PS5 standards. But the processing power and the, the amount of stuff you can do on screen is limited when you have an eight-year-old. Eight-year-old, like the stuff in Ratchet and Clank with the multiverse stuff, you cannot do that like right. really in, in in God of War because right. it's not a PS5 game. Like, I think, truly. I think what's weird is just this doesn't usually happen. We don't usually get the next gen and then they're like, okay, well, let's let's still cater to the last audience on some mm -hmm. of the games that we're developing on the system that runs really well now. Let's yeah. let's uh, hold ourselves back, I guess, on our big main titles so that they can still play. This is the problem with Halo. Mm -hmm. And and the reason why this is a problem is because these games are being pushed further out because the pandemic slowed them down. And yes, I understand that people don't have access to these consoles right now, but that's not really a problem because if these games are made for those consoles. They're not coming soon. Yeah. But they're going to come at a point where like some things are going to come out that are made specifically for those systems like Ratchet and Clank. And we're going to go, why are these things lesser? And they shouldn't be. They should be plugging up. It is going to be a big 
big problem when Halo drops and it's still supposed to run on the previous Xbox yeah. and it's not blowing people away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the titles that should be. They are the big money titles. You should be taking the time to make them blow the barn doors off. And they're not. Yeah. And I think that is a problem. And the game is still going to be great. Like I'm not worried about the game being quality. Right. Um it's just like it, it is it is a thing when you have the new consoles out, like how much do you cater to them and how much do you cater to the older audience? I think the pandemic really, really messed a lot of things up in terms of development. I agree. And like, they have to like recoup costs and like, we have to put it out on the PS4 or else like, it's not, it's, it's just not going to be viable. Like it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation of the world. Um, you know, and I get it. Like it's, I'm still excited for the game. Ben, do you want to say yeah. something? Yeah. So I'm going to throw it out there. I think God of War is going to get delayed one more time. I agree with him. I agree with him. Yeah. I yeah. think this is a 2023 game. I'm pretty sure. I think, I think it's coming out in like, like I'm assuming like Christmas 2022. Barely, barely eked out in 2022. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like a year and a half. So with this game, I'm not scared of a Cyberpunk 2077 situation. I'm not. It's single player. It's not this big. Everybody. Well, well, no. Yeah. Cyberpunk is a single player game. Shit. Yeah, it's a only it's a massive RPG made by the guys who made The Witcher. I know, I know, I know. We're wrong, wrong wording. No, it's oh, cool. Never, never mind. Forget my cyberpunk analogy. Anyways, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna delay this at least one more time, if not two more times. I would, I would expect a, another another delay. And if they do it twice, you know what? I'm okay with waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay. fine waiting. I would rather than I would rather wait and get a true masterpiece of a game like I did with God of War 2018 than them have them rush something out because they need me some stupid deadline. Um, um, I, I agree. Yeah, as we always say, video game delays are not terrible. Yeah, yeah. right. But but I agree entirely with Ben that I am very confident this is a game that either barely ekes it out in 2022 or probably gets delayed into 2023. And when you hit the point where you are delayed to 2023, I do think that the audience starts to sit there and wonder. Why is this game still for PS4? Yeah. Three years out from the console's release, and we're still catering to PS4 mm -hmm. with big, big knockout titles. That's not great. Uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Miller in the comments uh, mentioned Marvel's Marvel's Avengers. Um, That is a game that should have just came out on the PS5, but that but for business reasons and like stock markets, all that nonsense, the game had to get released because it took way too long because of the pandemic mm-hmm. already, right? Right. When that game came out, that game was broken as hell. And now that it has the PS5, like it runs smooth, it runs great, it still has some problems because it's a live service game. But it should have just launched on the PS5, but sure. because of business people, like mm-hmm. it gets in the way of art and it always will be that way. Right. Right. Yeah. And and also, okay. thank you, Jeff. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Miss you. Boom. My name is Jeff. So I'm still still super stoked for that game. Can't wait. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, when they announced it, we knew it was coming because after the end of the first God of War or 2018's God of War, we knew a sequel was coming, and I'm totally fine with waiting. I, I honest to God, am. Unfortunately, because after this news dropped, some fans, of course, decided to take to Twitter, and I really, really freaking hate it. <sighs> oh, man, it's okay. You can run. It's, it's... <laughs> Be nice to developers, for God's sakes. They're doing their yeah. best. There's hey, don't be a dick. Really. It's the contra. Like, don't, don't be a dick. Do people, do people take to Twitter and complain about this? Oh my god, they oh, said death threats. Oh god, I, yeah. did, I did. I did. I missed this. No, no, um, yeah. It's, oh, it's, you're you're lucky. People. If took, you, the director if, of the game went to Twitter and straight up says like, because there is um this one uh streamer who got a job with Santa Monica Studios and they kept on attacking her. It's like, oh, you are too busy streaming. This is why I got delayed. The director straight up came out and said, "This was my decision. Stop attacking my people for it." 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that you could be a person who regularly enjoys video games and thought that God of War would actually come out in that year. On a, like, they shouldn't be getting the the any of that kind of response. That's bullshit. They mm-hmm. shouldn't be getting that. Take as long as you need with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they also shouldn't have announced it for 2021. Mm-hmm. That was a bad idea from the get-go, and I think everybody knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, Once we and- didn't see a trailer last year, we didn't even get I mean, well, that's what, well, that's what told us is that we saw no footage. There wasn't any three last there's year. No way that if they're not showing us footage, there's no way that this game comes out in 2021. All it yeah. was, it was just dialogue. It was just dialogue. The thing that's in the, the runes that spell out Ragnarok. That was it. I have a feeling that, uh, and we should move off the subject because we talked yes, about it a long time. But uh, E3 is happening in like in like a week and a half. I don't think God mm-hmm. of War is going to be at E3 because they announced it now. Hey, we're working on it. It's going to take a long time. We don't want to hype you up even more with footage. So I don't think it's going to even be at E3 this year. Well, and we've Sony's, talked about Sony's also, not sorry. at. Sorry, yeah, yeah Sony's. It won't be at Sony's thing. Or we we've no. talked about this before in relation to games where like I would rather have the the and I think we've kind of hit this point with movies too. We've recently been discussing like the pandemic has changed some things where like you're seeing trailers only about a month before the movie comes out rather yeah. than six or seven months in advance. I love it. And uh, I want the same for games. I don't need to be anticipating it for two years and then have it delayed, especially in games where things are so consistently delayed. Like, actually give me the trailer like maybe four months into the lead up of Man, the game's release. I complain about movie trailers having like, oh, there's like a teaser and then like two or three trailers. When a game is released, like announced three years early, you get literally like a dozen trailers over those years. And like, it's just like, it's the same stuff, just looks better. I'm like, Beyond Good and Evil 2? That game's never coming out. Oh my God. <laughs> 15. Yeah. Final Fantasy came, when that was announced as Final Fantasy 15, there was a Final Fantasy Versus? Yeah. yeah. Let's, can we not? <laughs> no, because Final Fantasy Versus. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy versus 15. That's, that's how it... crazy that stream can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to get away from that. We do. We totally do. All right, let's Take move you. on. Yeah, let's move on. I can, I don't want to fall into another tangent. A lot of a lot of. Uh, if you guys like that, check out uh, Basement Arcade Pause Menu. Hell yeah! Uh, Warner Brothers Warner Brothers uh, new name has been given to the Warner Media's new name has been announced. Discovery announced that their new joint name will be Warner Bros. Discovery. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Keeping the Warner Bros. name. That's nice. Well, it's interesting. It's, well, honestly, it's interesting to me because I, I like stupid shit like this. But it went from Time Warner to Warner Media to now Warner Bros. Discovery uh, in the span of three years. Poor guys. Yeah. They don't even know what they are anymore. That's no, I think I think maybe now they do. Hopefully hope so. now they do. Hope so. We'll find yeah. out next year, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I hope I hope Warner Bros. will have a good, good home at Discovery, a per, more permanent one. This is like if Disney and 20th Century went. We are now 20th Century Disney. Yeah, no, that's they, exactly they what actually want out. It's a bad yeah. name. Like, just be Warner Brothers and dis- under Discovery. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. Cruella is getting a sequel. Hey, that movie like came out last week, right? <laughs> yeah, they announced this week that Cruella is going to get a sequel. Director Craig Gillespie, who uh, uh, Ryan told us that directed the Fright Night remake. Yeah, uh, that's um, awesome. good, good director, good director. And Itani is also great. Um, yeah. And Cruella is great. Let's start our review. Uh, co-screenwriter Tony McNamara are all expected to return. Obviously, Emma Stone as Cruella. Man, like I think it. it the internet, at least Twitter, like Twitter's response to this movie has been so funny because, like, I know half the people haven't seen it. They just they, they won't they won't give it a chance. And I, a hundred percent, 
understand it. It's a Disney, it's another Disney, you know, one of those things like a cash cow, like, oh, it's a it's a character that we have, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's a really good movie and it's actually like like a really entertaining piece of like it's surprising. It's surprising, yes. And like I've been trying to like preach the word as much as I can. Yeah. Absolutely. But like, it's like people just like they won't even give it a chance. And it's I the get Disney it. birds of prey. It's that's a good that's good. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a good but like people have been shitting on us extra hard because like the sequel got announced like a week after and I'm like oh they're what are they just gonna have her kill more dogs and like she doesn't kill dogs in the movie you guys and that's the thing <laughs> no. like i don't want to defend this movie on twitter because i feel like a crazy person i i, I think that i i am interested in where the sequel could go obviously we talked about how it would be interesting to see her do the next step that leads her to where she's at in 101 donations um could that could the sequel be that or could it just be a uh different unique retelling of 101 dalmatians yeah um that i hope fits that the I, hope, universe. I hope it's the maleficent 2 route in the sense that it, it mm -hmm. does its own thing yeah mm -hmm. after talking i, I, I hope agree. that yeah um but i i will see it um you you got me so i mean don't get me wrong i love the first one i'm probably definitely probably I'm probably gonna see well, the then we're gonna review it so you're definitely gonna oh. watch it yeah, i mean obviously we're gonna obviously we're gonna review it. it's just i was I don't know why. I mean, I get it. It's a popular franchise or it's a prop popular film. So they want to milk that cash cow for as long as they can. But I kind of miss really good one and done Disney films. Like, I thought Cruella would have been a great one and done. But hopefully they can do really good stuff with the sequel. If it's the same director, I have faith. Emma Stone obviously is coming back. So I'm looking forward to it. That was an interesting ride we just took there with Ben's yeah. thought process. I would, I would, I would definitely rather have a sequel to this than pretty much any other disney live action film that's out there right yeah. now yeah. um because this is this is yeah. a character i'm willing to revisit a world i'm willing to go back to uh i'm i'm cool with it i'm definitely more yeah. on board than i am with pretty much anything else lion king 2 no it's not lion king prequel right isn't it a prequel i don't, I don't know i don't remember i don't care <laughs> yeah all right I, I might care we'll see all right yeah. okay the quiet place getting a spinoff this oh. time um a spinoff has been announced for march 31st 2023 um which will expand on the settings of the first two films um this is this one however is written by jeff nichols which uh who is writing it from an idea from john krasinski john krasinski yeah. will produce that's awesome jeff nichols is like a good sci-fi guy um this is really exciting i had a terrible thought um because i really want this i want something that expands the world i want something that like goes somewhere else it's what i've been wanting ever since the first one is to just go somewhere else in the world with this exact same idea this premise this setup i love it take me somewhere new uh -huh. yeah. um it would horrify me if this is just the story of emmett <laughs> or part two and i'd be like please no please go somewhere <laughs> oh wow such a small world this whole universe no i i my heart tells me that's not it because I, I, like, I know I, it was a yeah. sudden like this in this moment. I'm like, what if it's just the story yeah. of them? And I'm like, oh, please, no. Yeah, um, I, I we we have a review of we a do. Quiet Place Part Two coming out soon, right? It's we not do. out, it'll be out soon. We did that today, like, I don't even remember how time yeah, works. Um, today. Uh, so like, we'll talk more about that stuff in there, but like, I, I think the spinoff is very much like a Walking Dead thing, like, we want to get away from those characters, except those characters cross over in Walking Dead, so that's a bad example, but you know what I mean. I, I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that we, I, I like the idea of doing something new in this universe. Um, it's a, it's so a, it's rich, with, it's rich with possibility to go somewhere else. So I hope they do. Yeah. Yes. Why the Last Man, the TV series on FX, has finally gotten a release date. 
That is crazy. That's yeah. soon. It's soon. September 13th. Why the Last, Why the Last Man Last has Man. been on its way to television since before this podcast started. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That thing is filmed and just ready for us. That's crazy to think. And we still haven't got a trailer. And, like and, and they canceled the original pilot and filmed the new pilot. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, yeah. like, that, they did that with Game of Thrones. Uh, like, that first Game of Thrones pilot's apparently really terrible. And I'm like, that's crazy, because the, the new pilot we got is really good. So I'm like, that's really cool that they wanted to put faith into this into the show, because yeah. I think it's um, Man, that is a, a wild, wild show, or a wild comic about uh, being the last man on Earth after a crazy pandemic happens and only women are left alive. <laughs> oh, um, that's oh, going to no. be, be a fun show to talk about with people online, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Uh, but that's exciting. It's finally coming. Um, I'm happy we're finally almost at the finish line. Yeah. Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, we on, all watched an episode of that. On Netflix has been canceled after only one season. Calling me yeah. shocked. Yeah. I am a little shocked, I'll be honest. Oh. I, I am shocked about the discussions that are happening around it, for sure. I haven't. Yeah. I just watched that first episode. We talked about it with you guys. It just went back to my brain. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna look at it. Cost two hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's a that's lot for a TV show. That does not look like a two hundred million dollar show. No, oh, shit. It that beard should look a lot better. That's crazy for two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I, I'm, I, am not surprised in the sense of like learning how the 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 how much it cost. Um, but I am surprised because it's it's Miller World and like that's the whole point of getting Miller World mm-hmm. is getting these properties on the screen. But isn't yeah. like I don't know if it's like more new, like isn't there like it a, is. a it spin- is more news? Yeah. There's like a spin-off thing happening. There, yeah, there is more there is more to this. Okay. Um so Mark Millar, um I guess the article I don't know if he said it, but the article definitely says it. Uh this was creative differences. They couldn't agree on where the show would go after season one. So, so I think it's because the what- show's better than the comic and he doesn't like that. Well, Those, it's him I, I, and I Netflix. That comic's starting pretty low. So, um, I the what I read was along the lines of like there was creative differences that they could not agree on and negotiate before the the had to renew the actors' contracts. So Netflix was like, "We're not renewing the actors' contracts." So it ended over creative differences. So we're not doing another season of the show because of that. Mark Millar is confident that at some point down the road they can get the cast back. Not necessarily probably for another season of Jupiter's Legacy, but for Jupiter Circle, the spinoff or something related to it. He seems to have that confidence right now. The spinoff, Brandon. Yeah. So Super Crooks, which is another Mark Millar book that I didn't know was part of the Jupiter's Legacy franchise. I also didn't know that. Yeah. Is getting has is announced at Netflix. Um, There is already an anime that's coming out soon. That was created for this product for this property, but now a live action spinoff of Jupiter's Legacy TV show will also be developed uh, in lieu of a season two for Jupiter's Legacy. Weird. Yep. Man, like, like Super Cooks. I think I read that. Actually, I don't remember. I you know, honestly don't care about half of this. Like, man, like yeah. I, I wanted to give this show a chance. Um, man, they really want to, they push the show so hard. There was like a Netflix, like behind the scenes of the epic bought- first at first battle in that show. I'm like, you mean the, the, the hill battle with that dumb dude? Like, give me a break. Because <laughs> they bought Millar World and they're like, yeah. we're going to make this a big thing. And it's like, and again, they're, should you have? All the good ones got like, they're like all, all the good ones. Excuse Except me. for the Huck. Huck. Yeah. That's like the one that I want. Like, like the other Netflix ones should have just bought Huck. Yeah. Because like good movies exist for the other ones that would be yeah. done. Unless they want to redo Wanted. But Jupiter's Wasn't Legacy the- was the first out of the gate. That's the first one. That's the first thing yeah. that Miller World produced. And, yep. and already gone. Bye. 
but you okay. get a spinoff. It would probably cost a lot of money, but Reborn would probably be a pretty good TV show. I bet Maybe. Reborn's a movie. That's Ooh. I think that's super big. That might want to be a movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Or like an HBO if if it really want to throw money behind it. Yeah, but of course. It's an, mm. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, this is wild to me at any rate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Good for Mark Millar. He finally got one out of the gate. It's it's weird that he has this like confidence that I, I think we'll get the cast back later. And I'm like, man, I think you're on a sinking ship, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Netflix knows it and yeah. you don't. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, Super Crooks. I, isn't that the one where the where they go to London because they're new superheroes in Britain? That I honestly don't know. Yeah, I thought maybe there's a lot of like crime books that are read at a period, and I'm like, oh, is this the one? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Anyway, trailers. Oh, trailer the, time. Uh, sparks, sparks only. Yeah. Owl House. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk about that. The trailer for Owl House season two dropped this week, and I'm really pumped. And it looks great. And they're leaning even more into like what amount of spooky stuff Disney is allowed to do. It, it looks it's real spooky. Yeah. It's got statues bleeding from the eyes. I love it. Yeah, um, I was shocked. I was like, is this a kid show? Oh, yeah. Uh, Gravity Falls did that, uh, did a similar thing once before. Hey, so I was like, I know Disney will allow it under under certain oh. circumstances. I'm just glad to see it. Um, but uh, all the visuals look great. Uh, I, I, I'm pumped. I think this is going to be a great season. Um, there's, there's like clearly some some anime inspiration coming into this one. So. I did watch the trailer because I live with him. Right. Um, and I don't, without the context, like it's, it's a definitely like a great looking show. Like it, it definitely sells you on like, Oh, I'd watch this. Uh, I watched that first season. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, demonic. Is this the, the Blom camp? The camp one. Blom camp one. Yeah, man. This, as soon as that so name we were, popped on screen, we were both sitting there like, what is this? And that's like Neil Blomkamp. And we're like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> so this is about about a virtual reality thing, but like it's actually like tapping into like an alternate, like like a hell plane or something. Think of something like Doom, but instead of like a portal, it's like a VR machine. Yeah, uh, they own hell. It's like it's the Warrens in 2050. Uh, like. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's like, yeah, demonic possession, like through a VR thing or something. I, I don't you, know. Neil Blomkamp doing it, though, made me really interested because I'm they, like, they got my curiosity and then they had my attention. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Someone, can someone remind me what Neil Blomkamp did? Because when District I think, Nine. What? District Nine. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. And then some other movies that are, aren't as good. At least him and Chappie. No, because uh, what Ryan? What's that one movie of the guy who um, uh, made oh, the guy who made all those video game movies that you saw in theaters and hated and went through a really edgy phase? Uve Bowl. That guy, yeah. Because yeah. I don't. Because when his name popped up, I'm like, okay, I know his name from somewhere. But is this the same guy that Ryan would talk about, or is this a different guy? Nope, no. Uh, that's really insulting that you thought that uh, he was Uve Bowl. <laughs> okay, I get where Ben's coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would have been I would have been mildly intrigued by this premise, but I'm definitely a little more convinced that it could be really weird and interesting because it's Blomkamp. Yeah. So this is this is very different from his other films. Yeah, in District yeah. That District Nine sequel was confirmed, right? Yeah, he's writing it. Yeah, yeah. we did talk about that. Yeah, he's writing it with Shelta Copley. Oh, that's cool. 
Um, Neil Blomkamp's also done a whole lot of interesting, like little web short stuff. He did uh, stuff for Halo Three. For yeah, Halo that. Three, and mm-hmm. he's got he's got his like uh, he's got a web did, web thing. He ran a whole web uh, web series of short stuff. That's, that's what got him like this. That's really stuff, really right? interesting. No, oh. this was after. This oh, was after. In, this was in more recent years. This is the stuff he's done after Chappie. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Which is really interesting, weird, unique work. Um, that I'm not saying it's all great, but it is worth looking at. Maybe that's what inspired him to do this movie. Nice. All right. Gaia. Yeah. Oh uh, my god, this I, is my jam. I I uh I really like the visuals in Annihilation where people and plants start to blend into things. So I'm here for it. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> I uh like I love Swamp Thing, but I discovered I just love v- vines growing. Big fan of v- vines growing and plants growing really fast, and there's a lot of that. Like I'm a big fan of people having mushrooms pop out of their back. Big fan of that. Remember, remember that. Remember that comic we read, book club, where where we had the mushroom mushrooms growing out of people. Yes, that was the Vita. That was the one. Vita. The wild. Yeah, yeah. That's what this reminded me of. Uh, yeah. These the the uh, image we see of the the like creature effect thing is very similar to Last of Us. Like like we we mentioned Last of Us like things, but like ninety percent that's what a clicker from Last of Us looks like. Like the mushroom. Because mm-hmm. Last of Us is like zombies, but fungal, but made by fungi. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, that that's essentially what you got. This looks like lo- I love it. Lots of good horror stuff this week. Whole time I watch this trailer, I'm thinking, this is Ryan's dream. This is my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Infinite had a new trailer. This was a much better trailer. Much yeah, better trailer. Uh, in a movie where Mark Wahlberg wasn't playing the main guy, I'd be really, really interested, but I'm only kind of interested. Yeah, that's the big yeah. problem. Watching this trailer, the reason why I put this trailer on here, because I initially wasn't going to, but I watched this trailer and I, and I said to myself, if it was anyone else but Mark Wahlberg, I'd be really into this. Yes. I won't say anyone else, but but most people. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I'm a recent Dylan O'Brien convert. I really like that kid. Yeah, yeah. Um there's a scene where he's twirling a sword in a suit, and I'm like, shit, that's pretty cool. I love so Dylan like O'Brien. Yeah. if the surrounding cast is good enough and the action does look good, this is this is such a better trailer than that first movie. Or that first oh. trailer, excuse me. Uh the... I just think it looks it looks like a fun action movie. So the name of the guy with the beard who was she in was Cult- Cult- yeah. four. She would tell AGF4. No. Ben, let Ben say what he's saying. Ben, what are you saying? Like, who, the guy with the beard. What's his name? The, what the, the guy with the beard. Oh, no, that's Chiwetelogy of War. No, it's not. Which it's guy? Not. Which guy with the beard? Who are you talking about? The one who's the one who's also the voice in Close Enough, the one who's the, um, the voice oh, of Oh, Jason Mantukas. That guy, oh. yes. There we go. See, he, the, there are three <laughs> dudes with a beard in this trailer, Ben. You got to be more specific. He's the only the one showed up. No, yeah, the, the reason why I'm mentioning him is because he's getting a lot of work recently, and I'm happy for him. I told Ryan, uh, because he's also in another trailer we're going to talk about later, which is animation, I said he's getting all of T.J. Miller's roles now that everyone hates T.J. Miller. Yeah, like the jerky friend. With the raspy voice, oh, but he's so much better. He's so much better than him. Right? Oh my yeah. god, he is. Yeah, a hundred percent. He's filling that T.J. Miller hole, and he's doing a good job. Yeah. When I saw yeah. it, he was in his trailer. I'm like, oh man, we got Dylan O'Brien, we got the Zook. Like, I'll watch this on Paramount Plus for free. Yeah, I just truly wish, like, I, I I don't necessarily need it to not be Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. I just want him to have a personality, and he clearly doesn't. Definitely. So I'd want someone who would. Um, but yeah. otherwise, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks cool, like a cool action. Good, good action pieces. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like this trailer a lot more. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you compared it to Jumper. Oh yeah, just because like there's like an organization uh, that's yeah. against the superhero people, and like they have like certain weapons that stop. I'm them kind of with like... you on that comparison. I oh. get you. Yeah, man, I liked that movie. It's fine. Yeah. 
Reminiscence. Hugh Jackman's new movie. Uh, I this is I rarely feel this way, but this is one of those times where I kind of hope that the narration we're hearing in the trailer is actually in the film because this feels like classic crime noir but modernized, and I love that as an idea. And if this film nails that, I'm 100 here for it. Yeah. yeah. Um. The the premise is 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 so wild it's a it's like a murder mystery but set in the future and they're using like again like another vr thing they're using like nostalgia vr to trace where the woman ended up to die like to like to solve the crime um so everyone's addicted to living past in the in the past yeah, everybody so is nostalgia's bitch everybody yeah. yes that this is the movie where everyone's nostalgia's bitch not just me uh, no, this movie i don't know why but when i was watching this i'm like this is like a really more dystopian okay not more dystopian but a crime noir version of like total recall Am, am I? Yes. Uh, sure. uh, yeah. The, yeah. The memory thing. Also, I also got total recall from the memory. You're thing. you're you're not yeah, far a, off. It's a good call. And I yeah. really really hope it captures that. I really hope it captures because the the trailer did. Mm-hmm. It captured that like old crime noir. I'm gonna dictate you through the story of me yeah. solving this mystery, learning these things. It's poetic. It's dark. Yeah. I hope that's what this movie is because if it is, I really really like it. So I know this film takes place in the future and I love what the future looks like, how like the waters roll, but humans are still living on it. But I still get this 1930s vibe in the future, right. even though there's um this this gorgeous woman in a red dress singing in the 1930s slash 40s in a noir in a noir type setting. And even the future is like, damn, the future still looks noir and this looks noir. And part of me kind of hopes that there if this does very well and it comes out on Blu-ray DVD kind of hoping that it may have a black and white version a really well done black and white version like logan did because part of me feels that no as much as there there was some good color in this is like there's some good color don't get me wrong but i really feel like maybe this movie would have been amazing or will be be in black and white yeah 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 it's not a bad point it's definitely plucking the strings of that uh Mm -hmm. era as inspiration i just hope it's actually serenading me with it yeah yeah uh this this no sorry it, it just looks like it's like it's, it's, it's it looks like it's doing a lot and i hope it pulls mm-hmm. it off because yeah, this looks like a, it's a really like like high concept thing and i'm like oh i hope i like works. the cast yeah oh yeah we got um yeah. uh westworld help me oh oh no the oh, co-creator of westworld did this too yeah was, uh, uh, uh oh, god i don't know yep my my brain's gone person from westworld, I especially though. i especially don't remember because uh she she recently oh, like, Tandy fixed her, uh, but she so, fixed her name so her name uh, forgive me look let's look it up i'm gonna look it up yes so there's an actress who recently changed her name because we a, talked about it at one point on the yeah podcast, um yeah. but she's in westworld she was in the chronicles of riddick yeah. uh she's great um yeah i when the first started i thought we were getting an inception sequel um, he literally said this looks like inception <laughs> uh, uh, but i'm, I'm <laughs> into this her name is fandaway newton there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm really into this one. Yeah, a lot of good trailers this week, I think. Oh, yeah. And then America, the motion picture. Weird, but Man, I'm kind of here for it. I am. I, I, the execution, like, I hope it's not like it doesn't look like to be like offensive. It looks like like progressive offensive in a way. Like, if that makes sense. Um, I I really like Shannon T- Channing Tatum playing George Washington. Me too. Like, uh, and like the guys who made these things, and also Magic Mike. I'm like. This could be this is like something like the South Park guys can make. Like yeah. I am Paul Bunyan fights the fights yeah, the that was he fights Big Ben. Good. That was I good. for some reason this was just scratching an itch I did not know I had. Gross. I don't know. Shut up. Right. I don't. I don't know why 
But when I saw this trailer and you hear Channing Tatum, I was like, this is a welcome to America, mother. I was like, I'm in. I don't know why. And just like watching the rest of it, like I, I think it's John Henry when he cracks the Liberty Bell. Yeah. And I'm just, just this whole trailer is like, it's absurd. It's taking, it's like skewing history. It's, it's freaking, it's foul mouth. I don't know why, but watching this trailer is like, my God, I cannot wait to watch this. This looks so dumb and silly. I, I mean, you know what it does, it feels like. Um, a spiritual successor of Team America World, World Police in a very weird way. You know, you know what it reminds me of. Um, remember that show that had uh, them going back through time to fix things. There's this little little boy, and with his with this like, bro- I'm gonna look this up. Yeah. <laughs> it was important. Um, it was an animated show we all watched. Hold on. I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily agreeing with Team Team America, but um, I am interested in like. Why this? Yeah. Why this right now? I, yeah. I'm very curious to see. Like there, you know, because like yes, it can just be like for fun, but there's definitely going to be a little bit more behind. I it. think it's going to be I, like I'm interested to see what the what was the onus to make this. But um, you 100% have me laughing at um, hello gov, hello gov, hello gov. Yeah. Oh, just everybody, all the British people only saying that. Uh, I feel like time squad. Definitely don't think I watched that. Uh, no, I believe it. it. Um. It feels like this is going to be a thing where like it's going to like show how like tough America is and it's like. Makes- oh, I, I, I am I, a liar. I do no, recognize it, uh, yeah, but I don't Mark think Hamill, I watched it. I did not Mark, watch it. Mark Hamill's the voice of the robot. I just remember that shin. I nope. I remember visuals of that show, but I did not watch it. Wow. Okay. I, I would watch that show before I would watch Kids Next Door, and I remember enjoying it. There you me go. too. It reminds me of that. That's what I was trying exactly. to tell you. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. I'll. I'll definitely. Is this a movie or a show? It's a movie, movie. coming out. American the Motion Picture. Gotcha. Well, it could be a joke. I don't know. Um. Yeah. I American got... the Motion Picture, and it's a television show. I don't think that even funnier. Um. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Sure. Oh, Mags with Mags with us. Uh, he remembers it as well. There you go. Uh, yeah. Time squad. I think. All right. All right. That it. Anything else? Nope. Um, nope, that's it. All right, let's do this. Time to talk to talk about Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It, the third in the Conjuring trilogy, the seventh overall. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think you have to say eighth now. Fine. This is the director of Curse of La Llorona. That's true. I think you have to allow it to exist in the canon, regardless of if you don't like that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well. Okay. But full spoilers for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, we have talked about all of The Conjuring films in an episode before. Um, yeah, that was fun. It was. I really it was enjoyed it. Annabelle Comes Home. Really enjoyed that, you assholes. You loved it. I didn't have nightmares for three weeks straight. We're no. back again. Stop pretending you don't love it. I, yeah. okay. Ben, Ben, you can't complain about horror movies after you were like, I'd really no. like to go see Midsommar with you guys in theaters. Like, you have to just let that go. That was a you suggestion. <laughs> that was a you suggestion. I'm, I'm doing a bit, damn it. No, I know. Uh, speaking of bits, well, ben, I'm yeah, curious. Well, did this movie give you nightmares? How, 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 how did you feel about The Conjuring the Devil made you do it? Uh, Well, the devil's definitely not making me say this. Uh, I thought it was fine. I really, I don't know if it was because I have seen a lot of art. I don't know if it's because I've, I'm 
somewhat used to conjuring movies now and i remember how like i love conjuring too i think that one was a really good one annabelle creation is terrifying as hell this one was to me very paint by numbers very like hmm that's like the twist i was like oh okay if i don't know if i was if i was paying attention more i probably would have guessed the twist at the at the end but i just felt like to me the scariest thing that happened in this movie was when my roommate came up and spooked me because <laughs> i was watching this with my headphones on and he just because him and his buddy were watching an uh invincible in the other room and then they went downstairs to cook he comes up he goes Rah! i'm like jesus yes i love that and then he turned me uh, one time he turned into a snake and he because he knows i like snakes so i he goes oh, it's me stop me he's like oh, it's me. It's me. Stop me. we are eight at the time <laughs> and also oh, oh, i want to anyway. acknowledge uh mag for a very house because he said he loved the witch I saw that movie too on Halloween. That was also a really good movie. I no, he loved the witch in this movie. <laughs> oh damn! It. Also, that's the Vavitch. So, so yeah, I mean, he could have meant either. I also was confused about. I assume he means he loves the witch in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, her name is officially the occultist. The occultist, because uh, yeah. she's in the she's in the comic mm. about right now. Oh sh! Oh, that's cool. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Sparks, initial thoughts. Um. You haven't seen, listeners, at this moment, my Quiet Place Part 2 review, but it's a little similar to the things I'm about to say, which is, I think, with a lesser cast of people in this movie, I would think this isn't very good. Um, oh, boy. Uh, uh, I'm mostly here for the relationship that Patrick Wilson and Farmiga bring to the table, and uh, and even then... The characters I find lacking in this one in comparison to Conjuring and Conjuring 2. And I'll I'll pretense all this was saying, like, I think, and you know, it is it is on them, but like I think I am judging this film more harshly against Conjuring and Conjuring 2, because but those you, are yeah. of a quality that I anticipate from at least the main title films, yes. even if the exterior parts of the Conjuring universe might fall short of it. Um, and this fell shorter of that quality level uh for me which makes me feel like it's not bad it's all right but it's not conjuring conjuring two level to me which makes me a little sad uh and that's my general overall ryan i echo literally everything he had to say as well as ben and also the review that you guys haven't seen yet with a less talented cast this movie uh would be a big old bore but man, like I, I, I really like the main cast. Um, the side characters are fine. They're, you know, they're there's horror movie cast. I really, really, I, I love the occultist, and I'm really bummed that she dies because I think that opens up a new avenue for this universe that they just do not explore enough of. Um, and like that might like break the universe in a way, but I don't really care. But like everything else about the movie to me was kind of boring. So everything involving her, I thought was super cool um but that's kind of the case like i like a lot of the villains in these movies despite them despite the movie themselves sure. um but yeah um it's fine yeah uh brent yeah brent you say things because i have a thing i want to talk about real quick yeah my initial thoughts um i'm a big fan of the conjuring franchise um it's one of my favorites in in the it's one of my favorite shared universes whatever um even the bad ones i find except for annabelle i find something to enjoy in them such as the and, and while you wrote it uh, we have to. I don't have to say it. <laughs> we will say it for you. Well, I can't. Um, I you, La you told me that I didn't have to see La Llorona. You don't. 
Well, the nun, which is you know, the nun is as 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 I think it's just kind of a fun hammer horror film yes. in the Conjuring universe. Uh, Annabelle comes home, I think, is a lot of fun. So even like the the quote unquote lesser Conjuring films that are not of the of the quality of the two, the the first two films, like I still have something to enjoy in them. In this one, I really didn't. Yeah, and that's I I hundred percent get it. Like that. Look at that Annabelle. Like the opening, like. The opening exorcism scene, I think it's executed well. But how many exorcism scenes do I have to see in movies now? Because, like, it doesn't really do anything new except just contort the boy a little uh, more than normal. Now, like, now having the whole movie... Vision, by the way. Now, yeah. yes. Now having the whole movie uh, scene and looking back, um, that exorcist uh, shot homage feels real, oh. like... Oh, stop it, you! And then they do the thing with The Shining too. Like, yes, that's like the Shining, there's a yeah. there's a couple of horror movie homages. I'm like, that's cute, I guess. But like, this is but this is The Conjuring again. Like, The Conjuring mm-hmm. has a quality level, and just like this felt like James Wan light. Like every like there are shots that are like replicating like one shot James you, Wan shots. You feel his absence. You feel his absence. It's someone trying to be James Wan, and they're not. So I caught The Exorcist one, but I didn't catch The Shining one. So but he has like a jacket on, and he and his and he has like, when he's chasing oh, when yeah. he's chasing mm-hmm. her at the end, he's yeah. wearing the exact same style jacket that Jack yeah. Torrance yeah. is wearing. Yep, yeah. yeah. I I I remember. Yeah, I I I kind of like that it was a different. I kind of like the the different way it was filmed. I think the way that this guy uses um, a more a, a more a much more warmer color in contrast with the very very blacks. Mm-hmm. I think Michael, that worked. Michael Chavez. Yes, I believe that's it. Um, I really like how he shoots things. I didn't have that problem with La Llorona. That's not the issue with La La Llorona, is -hmm. how it's shot. Um, But it is, it feels disconnected from the rest of the Conjuring franchise. Um, And and very much so, like like Spark says, feels James Wan light because Mm -hmm. his presence is not there. Oh, Ryan. Um, That that, that sucks. I really wish, I just want to get this one right out of the way. Uh, Michael Chavez, I haven't watched it, but I do know the reception for it, which is why I haven't watched it. The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, he was the director of that, and they gave yeah. him the keys to the main franchise. And I really wish it had been David F. Sandberg. Uh, I know he's busy, but he did Annabelle Creation, and mm. I would rather that was the person who took over Conjuring 3. I wonder um, if they asked him, honestly. I have no idea. Uh I like Annabelle Go- Comes Home. I do think it's a fun time. It does feel like it's a little hampered by the fact that it, it, it feels like it's trying to create more shared universe. Um, but that's my biggest criticism on that. Uh, I at least feel like the Warrens are still the characters from the first two. Yeah. I'm missing some of that in this. Lorraine gets a downgrade in this movie, I think. Lorraine, I, don't, I don't think she's as yeah. smart Lorraine as she is. feels much dumber yeah. or inexperienced, which she shouldn't considering the timeline of events that have happened before this point. Yeah. 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 Um, one, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, one of the things that actually really kind of bothered me about this movie, I mean, I like The Witch too. I think The Occultist is really cool, but... For some reason, what as I'm watching this movie, I wanted to know why. Why put the curse on Jessica? Why put the curse on the boy or or on the the Glasgow family, whatever they are, whatever the name is, I totally forgot. I get why um, Ed Warren. I get why she wanted to curse them, but I uh, for for some reason I'm just like, why curse this kid? What did they do to you? Um, when they explain the curse from John Noble, he says it needs three souls and they are of a specific archetype. Ed Warren is picked because he's a man of God. 
there had to be the child mm -hmm. and the lover. Yeah. Those are the three. The girl, mm -hmm. the lover, the child, but that transferred, and then the man of God. Yeah. Yeah. Those okay. were the who had to be for the curse to work to summon Satan. Okay. So and the I thing is I like I like some I like what this movie is doing. I kinda like the idea that they're going on detective work in Me this too. one. Um I I think that I think that's that's really cool. The idea that they're not exactly fighting a demon who who wants to be there, they're fighting a demon who doesn't want to be there because of the occultist. I like the idea of an evil Lorraine, essentially. Like I love that. I think I think that's awesome. Yeah, but dark rain. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't think it's it's executed as well as it should be, especially for this franchise. I yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I don't think that the the visual setups of the scares do anything aside from one single moment I can think of do anything new or unique uh, in the way that the conjuring films tend to do. Mm -hmm. They all feel very either rote of other horror films or rote of the franchise itself, to be honest, where it feels like we are repeating moments from previous conjuring films um, yeah. or even extended conjuring films. Uh, the one sequence I will give credit to is the moment when Arnie falls backwards and the music changes and he is in that different reality. This is before he stabs Bruno at the yeah. beginning of the film uh and it's the red light on the door and he's mm -hmm. just in a whole other world and the music is slowing down oh and like it turns this, black yes yeah, this is a this is a good use of like the atmosphere the way the music shifted for him but we're seeing the two split realities that was good yeah that was a good unique moment to this film but that's pretty much the only scare moment i can give that kind of credit to ooh, ooh and uh lorraine seeing herself in front of her oh that was an awesome moment there's like a stunt actress the um, double moment there was a double and like it was like mirroring what she was doing and that's just like a really uh creepy mood yeah but, you know yeah. it was interesting in the trailer there's this there's a sequence where like the doors like there's this, there's this like uh tunnel thing and we yes we, we get the that on the tv seemingly setting up that moment but that moment's not in the movie yeah, that was weird, too. I picked up on mm. that also. I will say my other thing, I really like the Lorraine double moment. However, where it does violate conjuring rule for me and bothers me is that it lacks meaning. Mm. Um, while it happens, it seems to just happen because. Yeah. It doesn't seem to mean anything. My assumption at first was that one of the Lorraines was seeing her vision. Okay. And so that's why she was seeing double was because she was actually in the occultist's view. Uh, oh, yeah. I or thought she yeah, was. Okay. Uh, because that's what we've been seeing is she was seeing her view up to that point. I'm like, that's why she's seeing herself. First but it seems vision. to just be for that one moment for no particular reason whatsoever, which is not very conjuring like they usually do get you to understand the meaning of why certain things are happening. Yeah. Um, I will say like that bridges into my other big criticism of this is just this film is full of logic problems that really irritate me. Um, two in particular I can think of right off the bat are that it bothers me. Like, this is just simple things, but these are things that Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2 never did. They 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 thought through every moment so carefully. They really sell you and make you believe in what you're watching and connect to it. Mm -hmm. In this one, you have things like a cop who drives up past Arnie and doesn't apparently see the blood on him until he turns around, even though he came from facing him the other way which makes no sense yeah, and nope. is purely for the audience. Uh, my other that one that is my biggest one is that Lorraine literally says we should take care of this in the day because Satanists are strongest at night and then seems to spend an entire day waiting to drive to John Noble's house until it's nighttime because Ed gets there while it's still night. So clearly she could have gotten there in the day, but she doesn't. And I don't get why that happened. She just took a nap. 
and then like, oh, I gotta go, and it's five o'clock. It gets dark at six. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, is, she yeah. specifically that said the problem. line. Yeah, that was a problem. She said the line. Yeah, that was a problem. My my another thing that I don't like about this movie, and this might seem controversial, um, but one of the things I really like about Annabelle Comes Home is its new monsters: the samurai, the 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 ferryman, uh, the bride. I I really honestly a lot of the times go to the conjuring for different and unique monsters like annabelle the nun um uh, all the ones i just mentioned but i like those monsters i think they're cool and i, and, I agree and with you phallic rules that's always a lot of fun is getting a new monster and i don't think we did that in this one and i feel kind of cheated that we didn't I, get the only thing the closest thing was got was a was a was a wet fat guy the bloated one yeah i i yeah. feel you i understand that like for me the the occultist was a satisfying um, uh, uh, switch, uh, but I, I understand if you want that demonic thing, it kind of wasn't I, there as much. I, I will bridge the thing between the two of you and say I love the occultist, but what Brandon is referring to and I agree with is the thing that's haunting Arnie should have been more unique than it oh, is. Yeah, it yeah, has yeah. no meaning right, to yeah. him. And that's what irritates me the most. Yeah. It's just a dude with long hair for some reason that means nothing. And I don't get it. And that sucks it's not the it's not the why guy is it killed? nothing no it's not bruno because it's the guy that he's looking at who get pops up on the bed oh that's right he starts singing because because that's the thing that that happens like i don't why why is that the visual you have so many creative things you've created in this universe we could do something unique and yeah. i and and like have something that means something to arnie or if it is supposed to be bruno good lord make that clear yeah uh and make that actually a part of why arnie is so frightened and his interaction with it make me care about every time we're cutting to arnie mm -hmm. for that interaction that's where the special monster that brandon was looking for should have been mm -hmm. i agree keep all yeah. the occultist stuff because that's great but what arnie is going through should have been a unique creature and it's instead the blandest demon we've ever had in conjuring you right no you're yeah. right yeah. valak yeah. is awesome. terrifying An another thing where it's like another thing that i if we're going to do a human antagonist this time around the occultist um, maybe we give her more personality. Um, we don't need to for a monster like Valak or Annabelle or, or the Crooked Man. But if we're doing a human, let's let maybe give her a character. I yeah. will agree. There is one line that's really dumb. That's like, what is what is the line about love? How like she 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 thinks Lorraine says that loves she thinks a love is a weakness, and I'm like, oh, she does. Oh, that's her character arc. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I um, would have liked to have known that beforehand. Yeah, I 100 agree. She's characterless. No. Um. But she like teleports and does like sick like knife stabs. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I will say I do feel like she had like credit to that actor. I think she had a personality. She has a just presence. wasn't given enough time to show it because I really love her first moment with Lorraine where she's like, How are you doing this? Yeah, what me is too. And then when she's taunting Ed in the house, mm -hmm. I also think is really good. And I'm like, just just a little more. Just a little more of yeah, that. Just, just give me more, guys. I, I I want this. I want this. I'm here for this. Yeah. Great. Uh, ben, you want to say something? Uh, I did. Shit, I lost it. I'm it's okay. Sorry, um, you know, well, I think. No, I think. Okay, I think it was um, when we were talking about how because I do agree, with Brandon, the demon or the monster wasn't meh. It, it or it was meh. It was like cool. This is like um, Valak extra light, like with the eyes and the teeth. Or something. I was like, this is like this is like something I've definitely seen before. Whereas I, the cultists, I'm like, I want to know more about you. I think that's even giving it a little too much credit. It's like the it's like the encounter we had in the original Conjuring, but mm -hmm. even that toned down. 
which right. is sad. Um, uh, it doesn't even scratch Valak. Um, no. Like, it, it, the third act is so. It's a turn into a, it's a slasher it's movie. It's so boring. Like it just Ed like, like once it gets yeah. to Ed like chasing her, that goes on for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah. I know he's not gonna kill her. Yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah. know like what am I supposed to be? It goes on for far right too long. And she gets, no, I, and I she gets to she gets to the altar, and the occultist isn't at the altar doing what she's supposed to be doing to Arnie because they have to smash it. I just what? Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Ben. Um, I remember what I was gonna say. Power of love wins all. For some reason, that was the one time I was like, "That's lame." For, for I mean, this, I, it's, a, it's a little lame. I, I get that normally I'm under any other circumstances, like yeah, the power of love tramps through all. But the second she's straight up, like Ryan, when he says, "Like wow, I didn't know the occultist hated love." This is I wish I knew that earlier. Because when Lorraine's like, she thinks love is our weakness. Like she never once said anything about that. She just John went, John Noble's in this movie. He rules. Yes, I would have loved to like because you get you get the ex- uh, exploration of of the occultist in like thirty seconds. Like yeah. oh, I adopted her and I raised her, and she learned about all my shit, and she went nuts. I'm like no, that cool. was her. That was her. That was his own daughter. Yeah. No, he adopted her. He, he adopted, adopted her. her. Yeah, uh, but like that's that. Oh, cool. He that's did. a nice. That that's a nice little right. nugget. Cool. That that satisfies satisfies me a little bit. But like that character is cool enough. And like if this is going to be your main antagonist, you gotta give him. Um, yeah. In a similar vein to what you're talking about, he says a line that really like I was like, please latch on to this idea. Please let this come around. If you were to do another conjuring, this is what this I want that movie to be about. Um, which is where he says we need to be careful what we expose our children to. Yeah, and Ooh. and in that moment, I had been saying up to that point, I'm like, "Where did their daughter go? Where she was she? in the opening scene of the movie, like one she? of the first scenes of the movie, and then she's gone. She's um, and and instead, they're just spending times with Debbie. And I'm like, okay, I guess, like, especially after Annabelle comes home, like, I'm like, oh my god, run with that. And I'm like, please show the daughter in the end of the movie, like, please show Lorraine kind of thinking about that idea, that message, because that should be the takeaway from the encounter with the occultist. It should be. This happened, and that is a parallel situation. hundred percent. So, what is going to happen to our daughter? Yeah, that is that is one of the things that they are that they are um, probably hesitant to, and I don't think they should be because of the based on true events thing. You know, Judy has to go to college the same year that she goes to college, but maybe maybe you diverge a bit. You already have. Yes. So yes. Ryan, Ryan, and I talked about this, and I said, "Look, I get that there's a true life." part to this um i'm at the point where i say throw that out the window to make better movies yes um i say i don't care if it happened in real life have valak the revenge like i don't give a crap i go buck wild at this point i want you to do stuff with these characters that is unique and weird and cool if you expect me to keep coming back from the movies you can no longer be restricted to reality yeah ryan made an excellent point about the end of this movie where arnie being uh convicted doesn't work because the only reason they're doing it is to maintain the real life events, the true life events. Five people saw him floating in the air being shouted at by the priest. And those five people would be witnesses. The glass. Yeah, definitely demonic possession. The whole hundred percent demonic possession. We agree. Yeah. So one of the scenes I actually really didn't kind of enjoy was when they're meeting with the lawyer for the first time. And then, um, this Ed's is not a good thing. Yeah, and then Ed Scripps talks about, I was like, hey, the court acknowledges the existence of God. Why can't they exist, acknowledge the existence of the devil? And she's like, well, if you can't convince me how, I was like, hey, how about you come to our house and meet Annabelle? Yeah. Jump cut. 
to her at the witness at the stand, and she is shook. That's a good. That's she a good. Jump terrified. She is a terrified lawyer. She is wearing a cross. She is like. Oh, I'll be perfectly honest, think, Ben. I'll yeah. be perfectly honest, Ben. I kind of wish we saw the dinner. Me yeah, too. I kind of yeah. do too. Yeah, I would have liked I to have seen that dinner. I yeah. agree. I still, I do think it works still. I think, it. I think the smash cut was good, good comedy. When you've had, when you've had as many Annabelle movies and Conjuring movies as you had, where like if you know, you know what happened to that lady. So, <laughs> so if you guys smash cut search, she's like, I just did my own Annabelle comes home. <laughs> if you guys want to watch uh, audience at home, because um, I think we talked about this movie uh, uh, for Halloween one night, uh, one day, or we just watched it. But there's a movie called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, sure. And that's directed by Scott Derrickson, the guy who did Doctor Strange. Um, that's an excellent movie. Uh, I don't think it's based on a true story, but it's about a woman who is on trial. It's, uh, it's loosely based on real events, but not okay. specifics. Gotcha. But it's a very similar thing where like she's on trial uh, for something being for being possessed. Uh, for something she did um and that's an awesome exploration of everything from the law and it's, religion it's way more about the the trial yeah than it is about like the demonic position like it, i'm just like because like this is like because this is kind of like the, the thing of the movie um and i'm like if you want a really good version of that it does exist and it came out like 20 years ago yeah. um i it's kind of in the similar vein of uh of sparks wanting to see uh them kind of diverge from the real life story as much as i do too um I also want to see them do their version of the Amityville horror. Um, and I know yeah. that the only reason why they haven't is because of how many Amityville horror movies there are. And I, I, that sucks. Cause I would have liked to have seen a version of the Amityville horror that has the Warrens in them. You also have to like go backwards again now uh, yeah. because they've moved on from it. Cause you know, that was, that was the beginning of conjuring two. Yes. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. I think that it's it is weird that like we don't get that with these characters um, because that is the most famous case, which is why it was turned into so many films. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, un, I, realistically, I don't want them to do it unless Juan himself will take it on, and I think he's already made it pretty clear he won't. Uh, so that kind of leaves me at I guess just don't do it then. I think yeah. that's why they didn't call us Conjuring Three because they knew that like those first two movies have a quality level and like. The third one is not James Wan. Uh oh, it's a Conjuring colon movie. <laughs> Got to bring in the colon. Uh, this is this is my least favorite of at least three Conjuring films. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I I would barely put this above Annabelle and then not much else within this universe. Yeah, this is one of the weaker ones unfortunately. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is definitely a weaker one cuz when you tell me when you ask me is like Conjuring movies, my the first thing that comes to my head is Conjuring 2 and Annabelle creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll, um, also, I'll also throw the nun in there because I also, I too, also had a good time with the nun. And, and, and the I original also... Conjuring, the original Conjuring also Rules. doesn't play into uh, like horror shtick. It's very well thought out. It's creative. It's emotional. Mm -hmm. um, James Wan knew what he was doing, and he had a style. And he makes these, he makes these actors sing as these characters. He makes you care about them. Um, he really fleshes out. Like, there's no something that the conjuring the conjuring 2 does so effortlessly is not only make me feel completely connected to the warrens but to the family that is is yes. being affected in both cases and i don't have either in this movie yeah uh i i don't feel that engagement the only amount that i feel engaged with the warrens is me supplanting it onto them because of my history with them from other films yeah. it is not the movie giving that to me yeah. yeah i think i think if you're just like a casual like horror fan and you're putting this on I don't think this script is it's up to snuff. There there's just like there are bits in here that just 
reek of like overdone like um when lorraine enters the dark woods the first time and it's just the hand on the tree and i'm like please come on it's like this is the conjuring we don't go to just <laughs> it is and two girls running out from the woods laughing be better um, <laughs> yeah and they're um and they're a couple uh mm-hmm. so they are i i will say that that patrick wilson i think does does a really good job in this movie as always i like that i like ed and lorraine a lot they're um, they're working they always unfortunately the script is working against them but yeah. they're working i like i like what patrick wilson does post the heart attack i like the kind of performance he puts on to to kind of make him slower and make him kind of hobble a bit the uh the moment where after all the stuff happens and he he's like he might die because of his heart attack uh, uh he's like i forgot my pills honey and then she opens up her locket and there's a pill in there i'm like yeah. oh that almost saves yeah. this movie not really. they're in love it's really yeah. yeah it's like they're they're again they're bringing out the best uh of no, this movie. And, and they're so not, good at these roles yeah i have no problems with um patrick wilson and you, vera for me for me thank you i have no problems with them i've always loved them in all the movies that they have been in but this movie as a whole is just doesn't really do it for me i will it's, i will say the scripts for the first two conjuring films have an excellent balance between Ed and Lorraine. This one feels very weighted towards Ed mm-hmm. and punishes Lorraine's character by proxy. Like Lorraine does not feel like who she actually she should have is been in the using previous films. Her her gifts and abilities against the occultists. Like in a way more like she's so much like like I feel like she owns her power so much more in the first two movies, and here she's like a damsel in distress almost. Uh, I told Ryan this, and I'm like, it's a small thing, but like when she's trying to reach out to Ed at the end when he's being controlled, um, I'm like, why is she not touching him? That's like all about what her power is based around is being able to like connect with things through touch. Why is she not touching him? That doesn't make any sense. Lorraine would touch him. Lorraine would reach out and try to connect with him in that moment. Reach out and touch. And, like what? What? <laughs> yeah um one of the things valak uh in conjuring 2 lorraine uses her powers like to blast valak back and and a really great sequence that she's banishing valak from this plane of existence um and this one we get they destroy the thing and then she loses her soul that's what i mean because again the occultist she's like teleporting and she's like doing like teleport stabs on her dad i'm like that oh, was, she's like a shadow assassin? Where's this been? Uh, her murder point? of her dad was shocking. That's shocking. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's like her using like supernatural abilities. And I'm like, Lorraine, you could do stuff like this too, right? You're right. It is, Brandon, I, the more I think about it, like it is so lazy. And I actually really like the sequence aside from what I'm about to say. Uh, it is so lazy <laughs> that he gets that, uh, Ed gets that sequence where he's uh, scared in the home. That is really her almost making him kill Lorraine because she's cursing him. Yeah. And... And in that same moment, what we get is the corpse from the morgue again, yeah. something else. And I'm like, this is so like lazy. This is so lazy. Again, I, it's like, I, I was like, couldn't there have been like something else? It could have been so many things. Honestly, it could have just been the crooked man again. I was going to say like the conjuring two even has p- characters like the crooked man appear like it does different things while still keeping focus on one core idea and this movie just isn't interested in doing that at all yeah uh nothing nothing really fantastic or cool it's a situation where like 
you you have to make another conjuring movie like you know you got to finish a trilogy or just make another one because they're so successful and like if you can't get the guy who made it successful just maybe don't do it and i know that's hollywood of and course it all comes home would it. not have been the worst way to leave the warrens yeah 100 yeah, um and you know what you know what much like a fast and furious where like you bring back that guy if you need to wait a couple years to make sure that james wants available like um he's a guy who created this like this franchise like i'm sure he's he would love to do it like if he had the time yeah he's just yeah. he's doing lots of other things too this is this is also something that frequently happens with james wan's horror films where eventually he kind of leaves and it gets left in the hands of other directors yeah and sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't and this Stop. is one of those times where it didn't go well uh insidious insidious oh my um, god yeah all of them uh it it, it you can feel his absence when he's established something so thoroughly. Insidious suffers from this too, from chapters one and two onto three. Um, one and two work in conjunction with each other. They are speaking the same language. They are telling you a story in a way that the third one just doesn't. Um, and that that very much has to do with one putting a lot of influence into it. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, I am I am sitting here torn. Because I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, oh, please just leave the Warrens alone now. Um, I, I, I don't want to watch this happen again uh, with these characters because I like them. And this just this just hurt uh, because it wasn't of the quality level. But at the same time, I'm like, this is not the note I want them to go out on. Mm. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It has made $33 million worldwide so far. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I I kind of agree with you, Sparks. Um I would rather look. We got the Nun two and the Crooked Man coming. I'm good with those, but let's maybe leave the Warrens alone. Yeah, because yeah, like you do not want the diminishing returns on like the good thing you have. Right. Yeah. Um, like again, like man, those Conjuring movies, like one and two, they're stellar, stellar things, and it's really, really a bummer that the third one is this. And again, it's not I like think, it's think not it, completely terrible, but it's just when you drop the quality level, like you just you feel it so hard. Yeah, I think if you can't get James Wan to come back for one more conjuring film finale uh for a finale then you leave the warrens alone unless you're going to have them make cameo appearances in these other conjuring universe films which i'm totally fine with i think that's a pleasant surprise mm -hmm. whatever um like like maybe even like annabelle comes home but maybe a little less mm -hmm. i think that's great yeah uh but leave them alone unless james wan's coming back because michael chavez uh showed that you you need him to and make he has the same he had the same screenwriter from uh, Conjuring Two. That's wild. I, I that's yeah. that's so weird, man. But but uh, which you know, like I don't know, man. This is a weaker script. I will say that. Yeah. Um. Who knows how much like decide to get cut? Uh. That maybe would have fixed it. Yeah. Maybe the edit is the problem. Maybe. Maybe yeah. the original script is more solid, more fleshed out. This is a shorter Conjuring film than the others. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, even putting that aside, you come to the designs and the designs of these of what we see don't fit the world of the conjuring. They don't yeah. they don't take this, this. This is a step backward rather than a step forward. We got a zombie. We got a Basically, zombie in a conjuring movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I really want to see real quickly. We talked about the, the movies that were coming and how we don't want to see like the Warrens come back. Honestly, give me a feudal Japan movie with that samurai with that samurai armor. Uh, yeah. it's amazing it hasn't happened yet yeah. yeah i'm so into this yeah um yeah i what are when's the next one coming out do we know is there like another one this year i think the next one is the nun too but i don't know when it's coming out okay um yeah the first nun's fine like like i i don't know james bond's really good <laughs> i yeah. am i am more open to 
the external parts of the universe going exploratory because I'm yes. like, hey, you might get an Annabelle, but you also might get an Annabelle creation. True. And I'm like, yeah, go buck wild over there. Um, but for the Warrens specifically, like have someone with a deft hand come back to them. Yeah. Or, or don't come back to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee Winnell. Like, honestly, I was going to say, like, if you, if, if, like, I understand why they got Michael Chavez. He's like an inside guy. He's worked with them before, but like but maybe you got maybe, other guys in that exactly in that pool that would have been better. Yeah. He literally did the one that everybody hates the most. The worst, like the, the quote unquote worst one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a bummer. He was available. Mm. All right. Shall we rate it? Rating time. Yeah, might as well. Uh, ben, why don't you rate it first? Uh, I would say 6.5. Oh, that's low. A little, it's above. So yeah, it's, it's, it's low. It's lower. Um, I there were times where I was kind of bored. There were times where I was yeah. looking around trying yeah. to see where my cat, making sure where my cat was. Um, I'm shocked that Spark said this is the shortest. Yeah, of the three Conjuring films, it definitely doesn't feel the shortest. It does not. Like I checked the runtime before I watched it, I saw oh, okay, cool, it's under an hour, it's under two hours. But as I was watching, I was like, man, this does not. This feels like but two and a quarter. The original Conjuring and Conjuring 2 have both impressed me with the fact that they are like horror horror, horror films are not generally long films. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Conjuring 1 was actually about the same runtime. Okay. So uh, I'll take that one back. I, I thought that one reached The second one hours. is definitely like The second one is definitely uh, a higher runtime. That's a two hour, 14 minute yeah. film. Yeah. Um, but it works. But you don't feel it. It yeah. feels fully, fully fleshed out in every way. Um, you feel it on this one. This doesn't use its runtime as well. Yeah. No. No. It's 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 kind of it's kind of middle of the road. It's paint like I said earlier. It's paint by numbers. It's like I've been through this before. I know what's gonna happen. And and then yeah, like the only yeah. thing I didn't see coming was that the occultist was the daughter of the first of the second priest that they see. I don't think there's and, any way to to, and, to like make that connection. And no. Ben is saying that, and Ben watches the least amount of horror films of the four of us. Yeah. So that tells you something. Yeah. Um. So, I, uh, I think for Ratings. me, the main thing is that, um, without these actors and without my history with these characters, yep, this film would not work for me. Uh, I would find mm-hmm. this rather bland and predictable aside from like the cool idea of the occultist um and that's it is purely my relationship with these characters from previous films Mm -hmm. and the fact that patrick wilson and vera famiga are still bringing it even with a weaker script uh that makes anything worthwhile for me here john noble's appearance is nice um but uh they just like they they missed every opportunity to uh deepen these characters to to add anything new to them again like it's just such a missed opportunity to have lorraine make some kind of parallel connection of what's going on with the occultist to her daughter uh like it's right in front it's of them and they, just, and they just don't even yeah. embrace that at all there's so much of that throughout this film um for me it's a six mm-hmm. i'm gonna go um i'm i'm i i like of the conjuring universe but i'm not like in love with it it's not my favorite but um like i i'll give this a seven I think it's passable. I probably will never watch it ever again. But the occultists and and the leads being as good as they are uh, do elevate it. Um, it's just a bummer because, like, man, like the like it's just like now the Conjuring franchise isn't like perfect anymore. And it's just it's like oh that's a, that's a, the bummer. Like the main course. Yeah, the main yeah. the main course isn't isn't what it used to be. Right? Um, the 
I think if this was the first Conjuring movie, like the quality, the what, not the story necessarily, but the quality, yeah. then Conjuring would not have been as successful because it would just feel like another horror movie that we get all the time. I agree. Um, regardless of how good Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are in the roles. Um, I agree with Sparks. I'm definitely just projecting my relationship with these characters onto this movie. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't care. Um, but I would, I, I, but I, I'm with Ryan. It's a seven for me. It makes the just makes the pass. Though, though, maybe it's a six point five. Maybe I go to bed tomorrow, wake up and be like, mm, you know what? Maybe six point five. I yeah, you know, for me, it's just it it it's it's barely getting by. It is yeah. barely getting by. If there wasn't a cool witch lady, I don't even like. Yeah, this would yeah. be way harder. Yeah. Shall we get into our book club then? Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, Sparks. All right. Uh, we are doing Love is Love, which was uh, put out as a benefit for survivors of the Orlando Pulse shooting uh, back in 2016. Um, there are many writers, dozens and, and many dozens artists, and dozens. so I cannot go through the but list. We will be here Mark, for a long Mark time. Mark and Draco is the guy who put it together. Yes. Uh, thank you. Yes, um, That is where I wanted to go with that. Uh, this is a, a lot of unique pieces, um, many reflecting on, on the Pulse shooting specifically, mm -hmm. some just reflecting on the state of uh, the community in our country, and some just being queer representation in general. Um, there's a lot of hits. There are a lot of hits for me yeah. in here where I think there's just some beautiful pieces. I think most of them uh, are hits. Unique, yes, 100%, I agree. And there are uh, a handful where I feel like maybe they just shouldn't have been in here to begin with. Yeah. And I, and I will say, I think even the ones that I don't like, I think they were obviously made with good intentions. I just think maybe it was the people who made them didn't need to say this particular thing or the way the phrasing of it, or just having Batman in it at all. Sometimes just I, for, for me, tacky. Go ahead. Yeah, for, for me, I found the weaker stuff except for one uh, to be the DC stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, the only one that I that I just that I actually enjoyed this inclusion was the one where in the, they're in the club and they're talking about their experiences as as gay characters. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah, yeah. I find I find nothing wrong with the piece. Uh, let's let's just talk about the DC character ones real quick. Actually, before I do that, Ben, just say your thoughts on this, please. Okay. This is very charged. It's hard. Yeah. You know, it we is, are we are. I, there's a different kind of critique you have to bring to this, so I understand. It, it really, it really is. It's really hard because I understand why this was put together. I 100% agree why it was put together. I, um, I love that it was put together and brought out, and all the proceeds that for people who bought this book went to the um to the victims of the or the, not the victims, the survivors of the of the pulse shooting because that was a horrible event in our country. Yeah. And but this there's something about this just did not click for me and it's not me being a straight white male saying like no it's definitely not that so when i saw the cover and said a bunch of anthology stories i that's why i was thinking anthology stories not a whole lot of one page one shots where a lot of the stuff i felt like just went over my head there are good pieces in there i do like oh, there are some pieces that it's like, oh, I this is good. I really like this. 
but there are some there are some splash pages i don't even i don't even know you, you actually are... have stumbled onto what i well i will agree with you some of these well it's not a critique from me this is mm -hmm. not a critique from me uh i will admit that some of these did go over my head yeah but so there's this one splash page it's it's a beautiful piece of art it's i believe it's um it's a bunch of people dancing inside of the club and there's a shadowy figure by the door mm -hmm. i do not understand what the heck is going on it's just one splash page and nothing is said it the well, that one should be crazy. easy that's, the, the, that's the, the, the shooter i'm assuming it is the shooter but yeah. i mean the art is pretty um you see people being together having fun but then i'm like what's oh, oh. actually and, uh real quick because i'm looking at the page right now or it's just somebody new coming to the club it's like oh well, this is like it's not, it's not supposed to tell yeah. you which one it is but yeah. then they they are representational of the of mm -hmm. the people who died all okay. of the all of the people in the pages okay. in the in that splash page yeah that's what okay. it is Okay. Uh, but to Ben's, but to Ben's Ben's credit, there's things like 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 Hickman's piece here, sure. where I'm like, I don't get it. That's just the trans. It's a, the, the, or isn't it the pride flag? Just like all broken up. Is it? A lot of blacks. I don't know. Uh, but I recognize it as Hickman because of the the lettering. I was like, oh, art, art, yeah. art is. Some of this is just art meant to be yeah. interpreted. Now, yeah. look, I, I will say this like right up front. Like, what what I appreciate about this is this is more just I'm grateful we have comics. Yeah. I'm grateful we have it as a place where you can express art specifically mm -hmm. about something like this mm -hmm. in reference to it that it benefits people, but also so that this this provides a really nice outlet for a whole lot of different things because I think there's a lot of nice, really solid, really cool ideas and emotions displayed mm -hmm. here there are also things where i feel like maybe they kind of miss the mark at least for me uh in the sense where i feel like they're not speaking to the moment i know that moment was years ago mm -hmm. or or really what it should be for um I, it's all I, uh, almost all of it is is designed for interpretation go ahead and say what you want to say to, to agree with you on how i feel some people miss the mark um i don't know if i read it wrong but mark millar's part like the ending statement of his uh one shot i felt kind of missed the mark a little yeah bit. there are three the, 350 million guns uh in america in the united states in the united states yeah oh yeah yeah uh-huh like the intention was good up until that point i mean his his purpose is saying i i get what you mean though uh that his purpose is saying like all these other things have multiple uses but a gun only exists to kill Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I did like that. I actually yeah. like that one. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. It's a one time his, that is his, not, like, his, uh, his penchant for violence actually kind of works. It, in a way. It's yeah. totally fine if you felt that way. That yeah. is not one of the ones that I'm referring to when I say miss the mark. There's one, there's one, and it's it's by our friend Mark Guggenheim. That's bat that's Batman saying, like, you know, maybe they're not so different than us. Oh, that like, was Guggenheim? Yeah. Uh it's what like talking that? about how like gay people like they wear masks and like hey, maybe they're not so different than And he us. calls and calls them heroes. Yeah, he's like like and like that's and again, I'm like, that's, that's nice. Oh no, this nice is sentiment. no, this is Matt Bomer. Oh, is that Matt Bomer? Okay, there's okay, yeah. there you go. Matt Bomer, good job, I guess. Uh um, yeah, he's the one who said um uh, uh and their greatest strengths are found in what they sometimes felt they needed to conceal. They really aren't so different from you and I. He's talking to Nightwing. Yeah, I I even still I that one didn't Super work. Um, yeah, see, that's I what I'm talking about. Like the DC ones don't really sing for me. Uh, yeah. I really like the James Tinian one. His is great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His is where he talks about envisioning his adult self in the first time he wore 
his pride. I think this is this is one of the things like mm-hmm. that that I love that isn't directly about the pulse shooting, yeah. but I think is exactly what's valuable about comics. Um, um is is exactly that. If I may, I, I really like Grant Morrison. That's my piece favorite piece. I was gonna pull that up. That's, That's Morrison, my right? Piece. Yeah, this is Grant Morrison and uh, uh, Jesus uh, Marino. Uh, um, they they did this piece together. That is my favorite piece in terms of representing the pulse shooting. The idea of the pulse going through, showing the pride colors yeah. with the dancers. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is like one of the things where I'm like, this is why I love that comics can do this. Was yes. looking at I I, I I literally there's no dialogue on that on yeah. those pages, listeners. And I sat there and I just looked at that representational art for a while, uh, just feeling like this, this says volumes and I love it. So I was looking for one for my, for my, one of my favorite pieces, but I did find the one that I didn't, that I also didn't like by Mark Guggenheim. And it's where Batman goes to investigate and the cop says, if he can't find the answers to why somebody did this, then nobody can because he's a great detective in the world. And I'm like, I will, I I, want to, I want to say I didn't like that either. However, I did like one part of this. Uh, which is this Batman piece. Um, it's one of the few where the DC ones had a moment that really worked for me besides one Brandon mentioned earlier. And I, I do want to spotlight real quick because I was trying to find it earlier. I have no problem with the Batwoman one where she consoles the person on the roof about their mom. Mm-hmm. I think that that one's... Yeah, not all of them. I, I think that one's completely fine. It didn't bother me at all that it's a God DC character. I think it's getting the message across. I think sometimes, especially because she is a, a gay icon superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's totally, totally unoffensive i think that works um what i liked about the batman one from mark guggenheim is the expression of batman standing in there hearing all the phones going off and people calling who are not going to hear their loved ones answer and none of the other pieces really got that specific thing yeah uh that that idea of being in that room and hearing those phones go off there is another piece that did a really good job of all the people like compiling on each other checking in oh like uh, with with all the word bubbles at the bottom and Mm -hmm. i thought that was extremely beautiful and well done but this one one the one with the word bubbles and the, the text message of the couple who one who just came to Berlin and they're talking the, the shooting happened while she was in the air. That one to me was one of the more profound ones that still sticks in my mind. Well, yeah, there's a lot of ones like uh, the one with the dog. But um, yeah. I found that one, I found that part of Mark Guggenheim's piece incredibly effective. I sat there thinking about being a person who would be in that room with all those people who had just passed, uh, been killed and their phones going off all at the same moment from their loved ones relatively that would be what a what a what a painful cacophony of sound yeah. um and i thought that was a very effective idea even though i think that the whole batman of it didn't necessarily i work. really hated death strokes me too yeah i'm glad you brought it up i i man here's, yeah here's my thing i would have been cool with it but the thing is that You'd have to make Deathstroke never use guns again. Yeah. Otherwise, it means nothing. Unfortunately, it just means nothing. Yeah. Um, because it's not like Deathstroke now just doesn't use guns because of that. What a powerful message that would be. What does that um, say right there? What is that word? I can't. So this is my this is probably my favorite page on here. It's it's a poem. It's by Mike Carey with tribute. illustrations. It's oh, tribute. Is it tribute? Yeah, that's a B. It's a tribute. Okay, sorry. It's in fancy calligraphy, but it's tribute called Tribute for Orlando. Orlando. Um, it's by Mike Carey with illustrations by Craig Hamilton and colors by Jose Villarubia. Uh, and it's just it's just a beautiful, I'm not going to read the poem, but it's just a really, really beautiful poem that's it like, is. it is, it is, it's like Swamp Thing shit. Like it is, it is truly beautiful talking about like how we're all the same. We all bleed the same blood. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's and like, you'll see what grows out of this grave is like, 
that is so powerful. Like, now, yeah. now, a lot of the DC stuff, um, some some of it hits, some of it in, like the one, <clears throat> like the one with Batman. But also, I kind of really do dig this art of Superman with flag and a bunch of um, yeah. yeah. I like that. I love that suit. Yes, uh, I do. That look that Superman has, the way the belt is, I love that suit. I think mm-hmm. that looks great. There's one with um, I'm forgetting the the uh, the writer's name, but it's but it's um, it's Phil Jimenez, and he's talking <laughs> with a friend who they've been in the industry for 20 years together. Or it's Jim Chung. I don't remember. There's one where two comic book writer, uh, writer and artists are talking like, "Hey, we've been in the industry for 20 years, and they're and they're both gay, and they're like, "Hey, we've never had to deal with this because you know we've been right. we've been famous since we were 20. So we so we're like we don't know how to like we've never had to deal with this. And like it's just I'm talking about like a real life scenario um, that Chuck, got turned Chuck into Kim, a film. Chuck Kim and Phil Jimenez. Thank you. Um, I thought that was beautifully done. Uh, <laughs> like the personal. There's a lot of what I do really like about this piece that. Um, that it is just, it is whatever you want it to be. It could be a picture, it could be a painting, it could be a poem, it could be a one-page, two-page story. It could be whatever you need to express your feelings. And that's yeah. what I really enjoy about it. Me too. Um, and I, yeah. even with and the- you can only do this collectively in comics. Exactly. And even yeah. though there are some misses, everybody did this with, with their Ooh. hearts, like, you know, their hearts and minds and stuff. I love the Zeus story. Zeus as a lover of all. Uh, I thought you know that was really- written, You know who that's written by, Ryan? uh jason jason and yeah yeah and actually robinson. robinson yeah yeah, yeah. that was nice uh and the idea of him as a, a swan at the end and the swan that winks at you as swan song i thought that was really nice uh i found this page with the onomatopoeia yeah. of uh, sexual yeah. sound extraordinarily powerful yeah uh i think this might be one of the best comic pages because it's basically using the medium of comics to tell you you know it really doesn't matter you know it's not your business to know yeah what's beyond the story is this, you, you is this a girl is it a guy it's it such matter. a good way of saying you could interpret this in so many ways and it really doesn't matter to you yeah yeah um one quick uh, story that i actually want to brought up that actually i thought was kind of funny and i was like you know what if there was a story about this i'd probably read it it's the one with the two football players who play on opposite teens oh yeah other yeah, so boyfriends and they straight up say that they love each other before they play against each other in a football game i just think that's funny but yeah. at the same time, it's like, yeah, love is even though they're about to play each other in a football game, love is still love. I, I do, I do agree with Ryan that the uh, the book, no matter wh- how many misses or hits there are, this is well meaning. Um, yeah. There's not an ounce of hatred in yeah. this book, which is the point. Um, I, I another DC one that I kind of thought was funny was the Poison Ivy one, where she just freaks out. She's like, flirt louder. Oh yeah. Oh, the the her and Harley one. No, that's the, the later Poison Ivy one. Okay, okay. Um, uh, where she's in the in the in the restaurant. Oh, yeah, I like that one. I also like the other uh, Harley and and Ivy yeah. one. I thought that was I thought that was also fine. Um, I do want to talk about just uh, three in particular that uh, I want to spotlight. First off, I want to talk about Scott Snyder's, which yeah, is just him telling open. a story called "The Door Is Open," which is a little piece of art. But he mostly just wanted to tell a story, and it was a really good story, and yeah. it was really effective. And I'm really glad that he yeah. shared that here because it was really personal. It was very vulnerable to admit that, like, he didn't take part in necessarily uh, making fun of the gay crowd, but he did stand by the people that did, mm-hmm. um, and was next to them and associated with them, and they were always welcoming to him um, and always part of that community and he never forgot that and he carried that with him um this is all about his story from the time he was working at disney world and i thought this was an incredibly good 
uh, way to handle this. Um, there's another one that I, I just haven't found yet, but that was the comic writer. Uh, maybe you'll find it before I will, Brandon. Uh, uh, struggling to know what to put in here. Yeah, that's my, and that's I my favorite one. That, oh, I yeah. that incredibly, and it's yeah. like the, the only thing I can come up I love with you. and all the things they cross out, and it's just, I love you. Yeah. Just, I, like, like the entire comic is him talking about having to write this page, and it's like, I you know, know what he could do, yeah. yeah. Tyler Boss. Thank awesome. you. Yeah, that was that was a great one. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Steve Fox and uh, Isaac Goodhart worked on this one that I thought was really great, which shows uh, a story from the Pride Gathering mm -hmm. um, in uh, 2016 in, in NYC, which mm -hmm. is uh, all of them with the hoods yeah. in white that walked out to represent all the people who weren't there, and uh, and the moment with the one person who was a Harry Potter cast member that what they were holding the wand for. Um, mm -hmm. That I didn't know about, and I'm grateful that something like that was in here because I did not know that was done, and that's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but I do want to spotlight a lot of these got me kind of emotional. Mm -hmm. One made me nearly cry, and I couldn't, I can't tell you why, but it, art speaks to you in ways. And so it's, um, it's Jeff King's, which is the one where the daughter has the dad who comes down who disparages oh, yes. seeing guys on uh, the TV together and she reveals that she's gay and the dad comes out and says, I, I need to drive you. I need to go with you. Um, I need you to know that I love you, even though I said something really stupid and, and uncaring just a second ago. Uh, I love you no matter what. And um, so much of what that is expressing is, is why I'm glad that this is here. Uh, I think a lot of them did a really good job in general where they decide to handle like loved ones reaching out, the text messages, the way they do the, the wording this one, or, or how they convey it is all really, really well done. Um, yeah, this one with Joshua uh, Hale field call, uh, which yeah. is the one about the girl who wants to be an astronaut. Um, a lot of good ones representing like the way kids' ideas are formed. There's the one where the um, oh, the, two the two kids counts. going home kids, are yeah. split and they see the news and they have different home experiences explaining the situation. One refers to people as faggots, and the kid takes that word to heart, and the other one is the kid being explained how love is for everybody. Um, it, comics allow for all, so many of these ideas to get across in such a powerful way and i think some of the simplest uh iterations of this are some of the most powerful mm -hmm. but i appreciate all of what's decided to be put i on even here. i even like the archie one oh yeah, the yeah archie one. Like i've been, the archie I've been one. waiting to i've been waiting to bring that up i really yeah. like the archie one um one of my favorite artists is stephen byrne right now uh, i think he's really great um, check, out, check out his black widow run he just did cool um uh, so seeing this art and then archie uh was really cool yeah and it helps that archie's you know gay character you know they they do this sort of thing on archie all the time mm -hmm. with that character right so um i i also really like uh and want to spotlight the piece that tells the story from the bible about the centurion but reimagines oh. jesus as superman yeah, yeah yeah and explains that um the word of slave uh, has been mistranslated and that the ancient Greek word originally was used to describe uh, uh, payers, uh, payers, uh, and it means same-sex partner. And that's what the word meant um, and what was being conveyed there. And the centurion was desperate for Jesus to save his lover. And Jesus turned to the crowd and said, I'll tell you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith and, uh, and helped heal the person. Um, and the fact that they decided to adapt that into a Superman story was really unique and interesting and gave me something I didn't have before. That is the piece uh, from Van Jensen uh, right here. That's yeah, what I'm referring to. Yes. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. 
uh, you, you know, you're going to have a lot of that. We can't go through it piece by piece. There are literally um, there's, dozens. There's beautiful yeah. pieces. Like, you get, you get comics is great for this, this kind of stuff. This like, gets you get the shared, one that's just uh, the hearts. Yeah, this gets shared on Twitter all the time. Uh, um, that's a beautiful piece. Yeah, which is uh, Gregory Duggan and Phil Noto. Um, yeah, it's a Phil Noto joint. That yeah. is a Phil Noto. Uh, really great stuff. Oh, I love Bizarro. that. The Bizarro one was hate, a good hate, one. Hate. I loved uh, the, the isolation of how hate turned into different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate that hate. And when it uh, comes into uh, the pride lettering, it changes the emphasis of what he means in hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, to hate that hate. That's a simple, like, simple, nice one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. Um. I wanted to bring up the Dan Didio one. So this is the one that I did spe- spotlight that I did really enjoy. And I want to be clear that I do really like this piece. I like the art. I like the message. Um, it, it, I kind of wish it was someone else besides Dan Didio because he was uh, primarily responsible for a lot of these characters in this page, uh, not getting the, the kind of stories they deserve. Yeah. Uh, Such as Batwoman. Um, so it's this one. It has Midnighter. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm. I, I didn't know that was Dan Didio. I didn't. I didn't always uh, remember which artist it was. Oh, no, I think you, writer it was. Yeah, I think yeah. you like that. One. I um, did like that one. I, I thought that one was really good. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it's really good too. It's just you know, it. I these characters deserved better under his tutelage. Also, Maybe. I wanted to bring that up because especially Batwoman, J.H. Yeah. Williams left Batwoman because she wasn't allowed to marry Maggie. Maybe this is his way of saying like, I'm sorry. You're you're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. This is his time. He could do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I liked the interpretation of that. Um, I thought that was really unique. That's impressive from Dan. Yeah. Um, yeah that's growth. This yeah. is the, this is the last one I want to spotlight, which is, uh, oh, uh this is so good. You're right. Paul, Paul as which is the robot in space, uh, collecting the energy to recharge their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no words to that's it. Wally, it's just, that's Wally. That's Wally shit right there. It's just well thought out. Uh, it, it it gets a lot across, and it's it's not directed directly connected to pulse, but it does speak to love is love um, yeah. as a message. And uh, I again, like I am just grateful that comics provides that kind of opportunity. Um, I I really am glad that we spent the time with this. Uh, this is Pride Month, which is the main reason why I decided to do this. Um, even though this comic was made for that uh, for a response to the shooting um, from five years ago. Uh, I still think that there's a lot to glean from the art here, even if not everything clicks, many pieces click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I do recommend it for a read if you haven't uh, done so. My final one that I want to talk about, uh, this is Love is Love is a True Story. It's about two characters, and one goes, I'm straight, me too. I love you, I love you too. I guess I'm gay now, me too. Actually, I'm transgender, cool. I guess I'm straight again, cool. I love you, love is love. And just like, no matter what you are, who you are, just like love is love. And that is, that is a good takeaway from this comic. Like just everyone just like, man, love is great. Just like, stop hating. Yeah. Stop I hating. agree. Uh, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed reading this. I'm glad I finally got to. Uh, just, I, I didn't realize, uh, but I just saw like the, the shooting was June 12th, 2016. So we're just approaching the five years. Yeah uh anniversary of it itself and all like, like um, again like we talked about it but like like if a majority if not all the proceeds went to to charities and stuff for polls so like this was made just purely out of like like love for the people and for the media yeah. to like get it get, get it out there um it's just yeah it's a, it's a great piece of it's a great piece of art like it's and again it's not a traditional comic but it's it's no. it's something special yeah so thanks for sharing that with it's not, you're, yeah. you're right and i know when i first talked started talking about earlier there were of quite a few pieces I enjoy, but there were some that just went. Yeah. 
Yeah, th- there's no shame in that. Yeah. I, I, you like know, I ben, said, I, same thing happened. Ben, a lot of the pieces are like going to an art gallery, and at an yeah. art gallery, not everything is going to speak to you. Yeah. Um, and there's no there's no shame in that. Um, I'm just really glad that the medium exists mm-hmm. to provide the opportunity for the art artist to be able to put something like this together. Um, only in comics do you get this kind of thing all at once, uh, where they get to share that, and I'm really grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we move on then? Yeah, absolutely. Moving on up. So next week we're going to skip the the rotation of the book club, uh, move Ben's to the next episode because we're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth. So next week we're going to compare the first volume of Sweet Tooth, which is I have it written, Sweet Tooth Volume One, Out of the Deep. We're going to compare that to the TV show that has just dropped on Netflix uh, this past weekend. Whoop whoop whoop! Can't wait. I've always wanted to read Sweet Tooth. Um, we also have a Quiet Place Two. Uh, Quiet Place Part 2 review coming up this week. Um, that should be up on by, by, by Tuesday, so check that out. Absolutely. Um, and our fifth anniversary is coming up. Yes, it is. That episode will be dropping on June 12th. Saturday, hmm. which Saturday. is anniversary. Yes. Um, yeah, really excited about that. Probably one of the best things we've done. Uh, can't wait for you guys That's to it. see that. I think so, but I'm very biased. (laughs) And of course, you can check out our other shows, such as Conversation, that is audio only, uh, where I talk to Robert L. Kelly from the Record All Monsters podcast. Um, Next week, I'm talking to someone else, and I'm so sorry I forgot their name at this point. Um, But I'm having a lot of fun with that show, uh, so check that out. You can also check out more shows on our YouTube page. Um, Oh, all right, Mag, hello. Mag says, saw the movie and good night and stay safe, gang, later. Good night, Mag. Thanks, bud. Can't wait for you to see the fifth anniversary special. Oh, I'm going to be um, all my socials. You can check out, uh, of course, our other shows on this YouTube page, such as Fake News Watch, which we are coming up with Loki soon. Loki is dropping on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, so a new episode of Fake News Watch will be starting. I'm so excited. Um, Basement Arcade, of course. Basement Arcade Pause Menu, a new episode of Basement Arcade Pause Menu is coming. Damn right it is. And the Fickner Book Club, which just ended its audio series. Um, so check that out on audio feed and video feed. Uh, cool stuff. Uh, of course, you can check out our Crafted by Z masks. Uh, we are still selling masks. Um, they are still available at a good price. Uh, you can check those out in the link below. We also have a Patreon. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. Only one more month to get that shirt. To get that only like, only like, here we go. One, two, three. Only like three and a half weeks till you get that shirt. To get that shirt. That, that, that. Ticking. You can also be Stephen King's best friend. Just like Ben. But only for three and a half weeks. Yeah. And then you gotta throw it away because the shirt can no longer be available. We got the money. Yeah. Suck it. No, <laughs> that's not true. I uh, of course you can check out our other other shows on the Patreon. And you can check out our T Public. Um, we got plenty of uh, new merchandise on that T Public. We got stickers. We got mugs. We got uh, masks. We got uh, shirts. Obviously, um, so many cool uh, designs on those shirts. Um, I'm happy with all of those. Check those out. And of course, you can find all that on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com. All of that is linked below in the description. So check it out. Thank you to everyone who listens and watches this live show and watches this in general. Uh, all your support over the years has been greatly appreciated. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our interim music for all time. 
Uh, you've done all of our themes and all that. You can find him at Jeremy Village Keyboards. And you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at on iTunes uh, and Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official and Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Nice. You can find our good friend Mike Matola because he did our logos. Uh, I'm wearing a Mike Matola original. Well, it's not an original, but whatever. You can find him at Mike Matola. And of course, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can still find me posting way too many pictures of my adorable little kitty cat at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, there was no new article this week, but there, there's going to be a new one this upcoming week for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. So that link is going to be in the description for next episode. But of course, if you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, I'm going to be posting the ever-loving crap out of it. So you can read it there. Sparks. Uh, you can find me editing together our fifth anniversary special at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And Go Ryan. Friend. Uh, DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video and subscribe to this channel. Until next time, guys, stay fake.